You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, the as-yet-untitled Han Solo spinoff film, um, and all the other cool and exciting new projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. But, of course, today we're back for Part 2 of our Star Wars Celebration wrap-up episode, um, so we're going to be talking about a lot of awesome stuff from there. Um, and as always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. Glad to be back uh, doing our second recap episode of Celebration Orlando because, well, even though three hours on the last one, we've got plenty of more to talk about on this one, too. So much good stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Specifically Star Wars Battlefront. We'll get to that yeah. a little bit later. But, man, like, it feels almost hard to believe that we haven't talked about that yet because I am so freaking excited and could probably spend three hours just, like, not even giving any relevant information about that, just fanboying over it. Um <laughs> So anyway, uh, we'll jump right into it. Uh, but of course, just like in our last episode, uh, when you know Jason Hunt was uh, cool enough to come on here and uh, give us kind of a firsthand, um, you know, point of view of uh, you know being there at celebration. Um, we've got another friend of ours and uh, previous guest host on the show who was on the ground at celebration and uh, can now go ahead and bring us back some firsthand recon. Uh, so Paul Herman, welcome back to the show. How's it going? It is uh it is very good and I'm glad that Jason from Wampa's Lair kept the seat warm for the the real the real guests. Let's be <laughs> honest here guys. Um you know Jason is 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 him and him and him and Carl have a great podcast but let's be real here guys. I'm 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 the one that everyone was waiting for. You know, sorry Jason. I'm just kidding, Jason. Jason, you did a phenomenal job. I love Wampa's Lair. Let's do it on a regular basis. He's way more a talented podcaster than I am. And uh, he was he did great on your guys' show. So I had I, I was just jealous I couldn't be on the same time as him. So maybe next time, Jason. Maybe next time. But yeah. I'm doing well, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. Maybe we will have to do a four-way show sometime. You know, you know, by the way, we, we did kind of have that when we all saw The Force Awakens. We yeah, all called right. each other that night, and Jason was on that call. Oh, that's true. Ah, I almost forgot time. about that. 
I think that happened for the last Jedi. Yeah, of course it's going to have to happen for the last Jedi. And and I'm glad you you turned around and and you know gave him some props there Paul cuz for a second I was afraid your ego was getting too big and I was about, I I was starting to think of the Vader don't choke line that I was going to use. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah man. So I mean, before we get into talking about some of the other big points, um, and on this episode, I mean, we've we've actually got a couple of uh, news items that have come out this week that we're going to talk about towards the end of the show. Um, but the main stuff from Celebration that you know we didn't cover last time, we're going to spend a, a big chunk of time talking about um, just the, 40, the 40th anniversary celebration and uh, you know everything they did for that big kickoff panel on Thursday, um, and then of course, like I said, lots of Star Wars Battlefront Two stuff to talk about. Um, but before we get into those. Um, Paul, you know, just give us some of your, uh, I don't know, thoughts, impressions, experiences from Celebration. You know, what was it like? What did you enjoy? What did you maybe wish they had done differently? Like what is uh, still sticking with you the most, you know, two weeks out now? Well, you know, I'll first say that we it was missing you guys. And, and I'm being serious when I say that. Like I – it was very, it was very uh, brutal that you guys weren't there. Uh, for people people who don't know, I knew Tim um, before we had kind of t- reconnected through podcasts before years before and, and started becoming uh, friends before we went to celebration back in Anaheim. Um, so we got to meet for the first time in Anaheim, but I got to meet his co-host, obviously you, Kyle, and um, which I was a fan of their show, the show I'm on right now, and um, got to you know got to know know those guys really well, waiting in line for Rebels and. We I had a blast and I, and I love those I love these these guys like crazy. So not having them there was kind of a bittersweet a little bit. I mean I, I was with some of my closest friends, but it would have been awesome to have Tim and Kyle there to hang out with a bunch as well. But so I will say that it was a bummer that you guys couldn't be there, so I couldn't geek out with you guys. Um, Paul, you're already I on th- the show. You don't have to keep sucking up to I, us to try to like I, let us to get you, you know, on. <laughs> I, I have to, I feel like I have to do something, right? Uh, no, um, no, I think. Uh, but that kind of goes in line with what I think the you know, and I was telling people this the other day, uh, that it's it's always the people that make the celebration special. Because, in my opinion, I'm not a big con person. I'm, I'm, I like going to conventions, but I'm not like I have to go to these conventions. Um, you know, they don't they don't really do a lot for me other than just be hang out with my friends. And that's ultimately what makes celebration so, so special is the fact that I get to hang out with my friends, people that I'm really close with. I got to hang out with, uh, my, one of my best friends in the world, David Valdez, who's, um, at father's figures on Instagram and Twitter. He's the guy who takes a bunch of amazing pictures with his toys. Um, yeah, Hasbro, yeah, Hasbro has, um, his, some of his pictures on display at their booth. That's how good he is. I mean, oh, he's, nice. Yeah, I, I've known Dave for like well, almost 18 years now, and he's he's one of my closest friends, and we bonded over Star Wars. So we shared our hotel room um, together, and that was awesome. So I got to hang out with him. It's always always good. Um, my my other best friends, John Beerley and Justin Bulger, got to hang out with them a lot, and that was amazing. Um, hung out with uh, my other co-host from Blaster Cannon. Um, that's my that's a Star Wars po- podcast that I'm on. That's once a month um, with Megan Kraus and uh, saw Saf and I with her a little bit. That was great. Um, so it was, you know, honestly, like and, and meeting a and meeting a ton of amazing new people uh, from Matt. Not to meet just a ton of amazing people there that makes it special. You know, I mean, because you know, because waiting in lines is brutal. 
And sometimes these panels aren't always as good as you think they are. There's a couple of panels that I went to that I wasn't really super happy with, which most most notably was the the Marvel panel. It was kind of a waste of time, I'll be honest. They didn't really announce anything. It kind of I was looking for more of like you know some like inside info. Um, Charles Soule was there, who wrote Lando and the Anakin Obi Wan series, and Poe, and I love his Daredevil run that he's doing now. So it was cool to see him talk a little bit. Um, but it, it was okay. It was that was kind of disappointing. But I got to hang That's out. True. with Now that you mentioned it, Paul, like that nothing did come out of that because I think even the Phasma comic got announced before they yeah. even had that panel. I, like, yeah, it was. I think it was a, either a couple hours before or the day before because I was I was at the panel they announced the Phasma comic and the book and i was like what and i and i was not and I, it was just like a publishing panel and they kind of threw that out there out of nowhere in the luke book as well so um which that was a great panel too but like you know but i went to a, a, another delray panel with writers and that one was just okay it was just whatever it was just kind of people in i was looking for more you know meaty stuff and it was whatever so i mean i guess my point is this it's like it's always fun to go to these things and get information, but you can get the information from Twitter, whatever. Like it's the people you're with. And I had to hang out with Megan during those, most of those panels, which I had a blast, you know, hanging out with her and them uh, for the books. Um, got to hang out with Beerly um, and Dave and our friend Violet at the Marvel panel. Yeah. It wasn't fun hanging out at the, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a ton of like information, but I had to hang out with my friends in the meantime. So, I mean, there's just tons of stuff that you do with your friends that make it worthwhile. So that's what made Celebration stick out to me the most, is the people in the friendships that I've made, ton, ton of friendships, um, and just the great memories that we share there. Um, you know, we'll get into, like, the, the, the main stuff that, you know, why I'm on today in a second. But as as, as a whole, I think that there was, um, I think my favorite panel besides the Last Jedi panel the um, you know 40th anniversary panel, the 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 um, uh, Battlefront panel, and all that stuff. All the panels that I saw that weekend or watched via the you know the live stream. Um, I think my favorite one that wasn't one of the main ones was that Doug Chang one, um, where he, he was just kind of talking about the designs of Star Wars, like you know, kind of what he does, and he had a lot of really interesting things to say. That you know, when I was in there, it wasn't. It was. It was almost full but it wasn't quite full and i'm a little surprised but to be honest because you know we were talking about this before we were recording that you know doug chang is is basically ralph mcquarrie of like now like he that's he is in charge of designing star wars and Mm -hmm. i don't know if people give this guy the credit he deserves or or the you know that he he because he does great work i mean look at i mean Granted, I don't love everything out of The Force Awakens, but there's some great stuff in The Force Awakens, too. And there's, I mean, I love almost every every design in, in Rogue One, which is literally the, the day before A New Hope. So, I mean, like... This prequel the, stuff's really awesome, too. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean don't, don't forget his prequel stuff. I mean, he has done some amazing work, and it was really cool because, and you guys would have loved this, because he kind of went through the process of what it kind of means to... You know, develop and design something in Star Wars, and I'm just going to paraphrase a lot here, so bear with me. But he basically talks about the silhouettes being important, and that if he can't draw it on, like, because he said like George would ask him to draw a design on like a little like this little sticky note and draw it, and if it wasn't, if it didn't look good, simple, like drawn in a simple small way, then it was too complicated and it wasn't Star Wars or something like that. 
And it was very interesting that, that he lives by that now, that he carries a little notepad with him. So when he d- goes over a design, he, it's kind of like a test to see if it stands up to that model of like, if it can stand in a silhouette and you can recognize the silhouette of it, then it's probably a great design. And, and I'm sure it doesn't always do everything, but that's kind of, he kind of uses that as, as like a, a method to know if, it's, if it stands up to the Star Wars, you know, kind of idea, which I thought was really cool. And he kind of yeah. broke down like yeah. K2s. Um, you know, design, which he, he brought, he had pictures from the, uh, the, obviously the, the art of book and he kind of broke down of like, you know, different things they tried that they went, okay, what's, you know, and they always stuck, they always talked about using like Ralph McQuarrie as like, a you know, his way of like, okay, these are some things that he did. Let's try this. Let's go here. Let's try this. And, and they, and they can, and they recognize when they go too far and, and things like that. It's just, it's really interesting. One of my favorite things about um, that panel though, he showed some art that wasn't in the art book. It was a Dantooine um, mm. concept and it looked, oh, incredible. Nice. <laughs> there was like, they basically have like, it showed um, a rebel base inside a cave like cliff cave of Dantooine. It was incredible. It looked, it looked insane. Like I just sat there going, man, why isn't this in, why wasn't that in rogue one? They need to use this right now. So, um, or at least in the art book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. I don't know if he talked about this during the panel at all, but I mean, Tim and I, I think talked about this a couple episodes ago, just talking about like some behind the scenes interviews and stuff that they did that Dantooine originally was supposed to be in the movie, like that the rebels yeah. were going to start there and then move to Yavin like halfway through the movie. And it basically was just for budget and production reasons. Like they wanted yep. to cut down on the number of sets they had to build. So yeah, that, that, that's exactly what he basically said is that they wanted to, but you know, because of the budget and, and making everything, it made more sense to use Yavin the whole time. And and he, it, it was really incredible. Um, you know, because I, I the reason I think it wasn't in the art of book, honestly, is because I think I think they're going to use those designs later. He didn't say mm-hmm. that, but I think it's pretty obvious that the That's reason they, they didn't want to put those in there because the design it was that good. Like it was like it's like so Star Wars. It's amazing. Like I love it. But one of the things that he was showing us talking about the special effects and things like that was showing us how they built a set and how they built it digitally and how close you cannot tell what's real and what's digital. And it blew me away. I, why wasn't this in the special features? Cause it showed, he showed us like the set and then like he, pl- he so he played it like once without the set or just the plain set. And then he, he, he pressed another button for a slide and it kind of built all the digital stuff around it. And you're just like, Holy crap. Like they built so much. And he said, look, it's amazing how close everything is becoming now. So I, I was really impressed, man. Like it, I love, love, love star Wars rogue one. And I think that panel made me love it even more, which I think it was possible. It's my fourth favorite star Wars movie. I love rogue one. So I, I think we are in. I think we are in such great hands with Doug Chang. I think it's great. I regret not getting a picture with him. I, I love the guy. I hope people really. Sh- I wish he had Twitter or something, because I love to, like to tweet at that guy and say, you know, I just appreciate everything you do. I know you're paid handsomely for it. You're on Star Wars, but I don't think people realize how good you really are. Because because he's in the shadow of, you know, Ralph essentially, which yeah. I understandable, right? I mean, totally understandable, but Doug Chang is, is, is masterful in my opinion. Yeah. He definitely has done 
a lot of great stuff. And I think, you know, just like you were saying, the, the stuff in Rogue One is evidence enough. Um, and I mean, I you know, his designs on The Force Awakens are great too, but um, yeah, I mean, reading like in the Rogue One art book and then some of the stuff they've talked about in like, you know, the special features and stuff about just trying to recreate that look of A New Hope, but then at the same time, like add something to it and the way that they came up with the U-Wings and like the new looking, you know, the TIE Strikers and the new armors for like stormtroopers and stuff and it's just like man this like all fits perfectly but it's like still new and cool and doesn't feel like they're just like reusing stuff that they've done before um and also like i think you know it's really impressive just the amount of stuff that he does too um because like yeah like you mentioned him like he worked on the prequels but that was like one movie every three years and so i was like oh i thought it was cool when he was coming back to do the force awakens but then to have him also be doing the designs for rogue one and i'm sure he's already worked on stuff for episode eight and i know he's also one of the lead people like collaborating with the game designers on one of these new video games they've got coming out and so like and how cool would that be yeah, i think it's just... viscerals yeah um, right. yeah the visceral game like the one that's coming out next after battlefront 2 um, but yeah, I mean, how cool would that be to basically just get to be in charge of like just sort of living and breathing, like creating all the designs of all this new star Wars stuff that's coming out in charge of the look of star Wars pretty much. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, he basically is, I mean, I know it's a different role, but it just kind of reminds me just the way we're talking about him kind of reminds me of, um, you know, the same way that Dave Filoni has like almost taken over George Lucas's role, like on the animation side in that he, you know, spent a lot of time working with George and studying under him and then has like been able to sort of move into his own role as just like this chief storyteller guy. Um, and I feel like Doug is kind of the same, uh, you know, with the artwork, like he's the, the Ralph McQuarrie of our generation. And like you said, doesn't maybe get the, the credit that he deserves because a lot of his stuff is just referencing what Ralph McQuarrie did. Um, kind of in the same way with like Michael Giacchino or anybody else who might score a Star Wars movie. Like you're not going to get a huge amount of credit because it's going to, you know, you're have to, having to follow in the footsteps of John Williams. But at the same time, being able to write music that lives up to that legacy, that you can listen to it in a Star Wars movie and say, hey, this kind of sounds like what John Williams might have did if he scored this movie. Like, that's a pretty big feat right there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I, I really hope those designs of Dantooine, I'm sure you can get them on online somewhere. Cause I mean, he took pictures of it and then say, you can't take pictures of this, you know? So I'm sure it's out there. If you guys can find it, it's definitely worth tracking down and, and trying to see if a grainy picture of it. It's awesome. Yeah. I can't totally wait. Awesome. Like I, I do hope we maybe get to see that design. Um, like in the future sometime, especially if, like you said, if it seems like they're maybe saving that for something else. Um, Cause heck now that that wasn't in rogue one and that we're not even, I mean, as far as we know, like they could go there in rebel season four, but um, you know, yeah. there hasn't been anything about that so far. It's too, it's too good for rebels. I'll yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying like, we know it has to happen at some point because yeah, you know, they, yeah, say well, yeah, in, they, they say yeah. in a new hope, like there was a rebel base on Dantooine. So that could be its own star Wars story right there. Right. Um, yeah, and a couple other things to kind of before we reach our, our main points. Uh, the you know what's interesting? I don't know about you. Know, did you guys go to the floor a lot on the last celebration? For um, like, yeah, I wouldn't say I did it. Not too much. It was mainly in line <laughs> and, and for panels, really. Yeah, okay. I mean, I wouldn't say I spent a ton of time there, but I definitely... Mm-hmm. See, this is where it kind of like blends together for me because I also go to Phoenix Comic Con every year. And obviously, uh, like the well, the the big experiences of 
celebration. Like, I, you know, I think about seeing the Force Awakens trailer for the first time with everybody. Like, I know that was at Star Wars Celebration and not at Phoenix Comic Con. But, like, a con floor is a con floor. Like, and I do remember some specific things about the Star Wars one. Like, they had the AT-AT in the food court and, of course, you know, all the Star Wars artist gallery and um, the big Battlefront booth where we lined up to see, like, the footage in there for the first time. But as far as just going booth to booth and looking at, like, action figures and stuff, like, that's going to be pretty much the same as any convention you go to. All right, Mr. Snobby Pants. I'm Mr. just saying, like, <laughs> all I'm saying is you, you said, you know, did we spend a lot of time there? I'm like, I don't remember, honestly. I've spent a lot of time on con floors, but I don't remember Fair specifically enough. how much time I spent at, uh, at Anaheim. Well, but like you said, Tim, I know we did spend a lot of time in line for stuff, so. Well, I can tell you right now that this guy doesn't go to a lot of conventions, all right, Kyle? So I go to the show floor. Uh, um, this one seems smaller than the last one. Hmm. I mean, really? Did it feel like, because in Anaheim, it felt, I guess it was big, but it still felt kind of cramped in trying to make your way through the me? crowd that was there. Does this one have that feel to it, where it was like, maybe small, but you could move a little bit, or did it still have that cramped feeling? No, no, it was it was more spread out. I just felt, I just felt that there wasn't, maybe it was, that's why I think it was, there was more like, places. It just seemed like there wasn't as much. Like, it felt like at Anaheim, there was like, literally like, Everywhere they had the stuff selling, you know, people selling stuff, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Um, I remember it did take me a few days. I think it was Saturday where to find that display where they had all the trooper costumes out on there, like in the corner of the mm-hmm. convention floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just wasn't. I think the show floor was a lot bigger, but they also had less stuff. I, that's just the impression that I got. Hmm. Um, there was. It was weird because uh, one of the vendors there uh, for food was Papa John's Pizza. So like, uh, and this is the reason I bring this up is because it was just weird. Because I'm like, why is Papa John's here? And like, because of all those like massive overnight crowds, the like when they would move, they'd move out. There would be literally just dozens of random Papa John's pizza boxes like scattered through like the whole like area. They were all were my, they were all like staying overnight. So just like this big garbage. It felt like a, that that garbage planet like Gar- Darth Maul went to like, Papa John. <laughs> Uh, Papa John boxes. All the and, pizza like, boxes form like this big monster. <laughs> no, no, that's what that's what it felt. That's what it felt like. And, I, and like I see like a low, a lonely like uh, worker like slowly sweeping up one box, and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, but yeah, it was just weird to have like you know Papa John's, and I love Papa John's pizza, so I, I only had it once, ironically. So, um, no, the short floor was interesting. Um, I felt there were lots of great costumes this year. Uh, you guys probably noticed on my Instagram and, and Twitter. If you guys don't know, follow me on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. You can follow me at, at Herman22 with two N's uh, on both of them. And you can see all my amazing celebration pictures. And I'm sorry that I, yeah, I'm in. One. I'm sorry I'm in most of them and I'm pointing <laughs> at the person. And you know what? I don't care because I had so, it was so awesome seeing so many great uh, costumes um, do you guys see that Dengar one? Holy yeah, smokes. I think so. Oh, he, dude, it was so cool because, um, the guys who was playing Dengar is an older guy. His son was the one like, you know, walking with them, helping him like, take pictures and stuff. And I was like, Dengar, Dengar, wait. And the guy goes, Hey dad, Hey dad, he wants a picture. I was like, what? That's your son. That's awesome. <laughs> and he was, a, he was in character the whole time. I was just like, this guy, they, they could hire this guy as Dengar, and it'd be perfect. Like, 
Seriously, he was amazing. Um, yeah, it did I look love good. Those guys. Did, oh, you see, like, did you see that guy in the Hondo costume? I didn't. I, I, I didn't see Hondo. Because, I, I, you know, I think I, I think I saw a picture of him like in some cosplay, you know, contest or something like that. But I'm pretty sure it was the same guy that I had gotten the picture with at uh, Celebration Anaheim. And he was like in costume the whole time. And, uh, you know, I, I said something to him like, hey, man, like, I love your costume. That's awesome. I love Hondo. And he's like, oh, yes, everybody loves Hondo. <laughs> no I, I i didn't see him very uh, you know i didn't see him um a lot there was a uh, one of my ever my other favorite pictures was these uh two two gals who had um like first order stormtrooper helmets on but they had like uh like cheerleader cheerleading outfits on oh yeah that's and, right <laughs> first order and, and like it was really cute i thought they were adorable and i got an awesome picture with them and um I was yeah. hoping throughout the weekend, Paul, you were gonna send a picture out with a great Death Trooper costume, but it didn't happen. Well, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really see him, um, to be honest. But I wasn't, I wasn't looking for him either. So, um, did get the one with a cool looking uh, short trooper one though. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that one, that was one of the best ones. That looked like it. It literally felt like he walked right off of screen. Like I thought it was incredible. Well, you know, awesome. and I got hats off to every cosplayer out there. Honestly, there was. Um, so many great costumes and they're they're all i mean obviously they do it to you know know, people take pictures of them and stuff like that but they're so nice about it like i just love like you know i'm like hey can i get a picture please like oh yeah of course and like they're just so like you know yeah of course please take a picture like i just love the willingness they give you know like Mm -hmm. that means a lot to me because it's always it's always a little awkward like can i get a picture but like the the fact that they're so like oh yeah of course please and like I love that. And the short trooper guy was, was like that. He was always super appreciative and super nice and love his outfit. So yeah, there were a lot of amazing pictures. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm getting over the con crud, which I got again, like last time, <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't pick up lots of stuff this time. Um, I was actually given some presents. Uh, my friend, John Beerley gave me the Thrawn toy, which I was not, ex- which I was very oh, happy right. about. So I'm cool. looking for that forever. Um, I did pick up. You guys will appreciate this. Um, the uh, Geonosis um, trooper from Clone Wars. Oh, cool! Like the flamethrower one. Yeah, flamethrower. That's right. Oh, oh nice. nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pick that up. I had to get. I haven't opened it yet, but it's for the the trooper collection. So that's. I felt like that it was. It was kind of missing that one. There wasn't really a lot of other ones that I felt like that needed to be. You know, to need. To, I need to get, but. Um, but yeah, I got that. Um, I didn't get much, really much else um, besides that. But yeah, it was. You know, I feel. I feel like this was. Was it as good as Anaheim? No. And I think I'm. I, and I'm not just saying because you guys weren't there, but I wonder if it was part of that. I don't know. Like it was. I had an amazing time. But Anaheim will always be my first celebration, and will always be like the most special to me. Sure, yeah, I can yeah. definitely understand that. I'm kind of expecting that too i mean for it to go to another one whether it's the next one hopefully it's at anaheim again but there was just something special and magical about celebration anaheim i mean it's so much going for it where you know star wars the first star wars movie in 10 years is coming back we're you know meeting each other for the first time and like the three of us getting together for the first time so a lot of this great moments there that is going to be hard to top so i kind of get what you're saying where anaheim is always going to be at the top spot or like at the set, set the bar for future celebrations. So I definitely get where you're coming from on that. Yeah. If well, it's an, go ahead, Sarko. I, well, I was just going to say, like, 
I think I think you guys are onto something. The Anaheim was was definitely a special one. Like, and I know for both of you guys, it was your first one, and obviously that's always a memorable experience. But Anaheim was my second one. And I would still say that's my favorite of the two that I've been to. I went to Celebration 6 in Orlando the year before that. Um, and, you know, had a great time hanging out with people there. You know, went with, like, Jason and Mike and Matt from the Wampas, or from, uh, you know, from Frontlines and the Rebels podcast. Um, and got to meet and hang out with Carl, who's with Jason on the Wampas Lair. But um, then getting to hang out with all those guys again at Celebration Anaheim, plus you know, having Tim there plus meeting you for the first time, Paul. And, but I think also, like you said, Tim, like with it being the first Star Wars movie in, you know, 10 years that none of us were expecting, getting to see that first trailer, there was just such a big, uh, you know, energy around it. And, um, you know, I mean, I know like Paul was saying um, that like the, the experiences and like meeting people and like the the friendships and the relationships that you make are like the kind of the biggest takeaway from it. And I would agree with that for the most part. Like for me, that's always the biggest thing that I'm like not expecting necessarily. Like I get excited for celebration because of the celebrity guests and the panels and the new trailers and all the new information about the movies and the battlefront games and all that kind of stuff. And then I leave thinking, man, I just had an awesome time celebrating Star Wars with my friends. And of course, I remember all those big panels and stuff. But, you know, I mean, getting to see the Rebel Season 2 premiere was awesome. But also, you know, waiting in line with you and Paul for four hours, you know, and just <laughs> hanging out while we were waiting for it. That was awesome, too. And the funny thing is, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, I don't remember any of what we actually talked about during those four hours. I but, but I remember finding Tim in line. I remember him introducing me to Paul. I remember us just like talking and having a great time. And of course I'm sure we talked about the force awakens trailer. Cause that's all everybody, you know, was talking about that yep. whole weekend. <laughs> I remember some random guy ahead of us buying Jack in the box for like 20 yes! people and that's like shout out man. to that guy for the rest of my, oh my life. God. Cause that's one of those just awesome little things. Um, and I have to say, I mean, as, as much as, you know, as cool as some of those memories are, I think, I do think the, the one thing, you know, if I'm like 90 years old and all my memories have faded and I only remember one thing from any Star Wars convention from the rest of my life, it's probably going to be watching that first Force Awakens trailer together, um, you know, at, at Celebration Anaheim. But it's not just because it was watching the trailer. It was the reaction of 2000 rabid Star Wars fans in the room, you know, all going nuts and being there, you know, with friends that have traveled, you know, across the country to be there together to get to witness this thing. I mean, it was like the perfect combination of everything. It was like the new Star Wars, the excitement, the cool stuff, but experiencing that with your friends, like that's what makes it cool. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny because I, you're talking about the, you know, waiting in line. I remember it was kind of a big deal for me, Kyle, because you had no idea who I was, but like I had been listening to you for a long time. Well, know, and I with, think... I might have, I mean, I, I probably was aware of you. Like, I had maybe seen you. Everyone's aware of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had probably seen you, you know, tweeting our stuff or whatever, or, you know, Tim might have told me about you. Um, I mean, I know, like, even before I showed up in that line, like, it wasn't just, oh, hey, who's this guy you're hanging out with, Tim? Because, um, 
because I was going to meet up with, with uh, you know, Jason and Mike and Matt and all those guys. And as I'm going up there to find them, Tim texted me and was like, hey, I'm already in line for this Rebels panel, uh, you know, with my friend Paul. And uh, I mean, it kind of happened to just be luck because you guys were further ahead in the line than the other group that I was going <laughs> to hang out with. Yeah. And, and and you know what? If they had gotten a better spotted line, I maybe never would have met you, Paul. I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> but i'm you know i'm so glad we did though because we had yeah so much fun during that i remember immediately after the rebels season two panel you and me paul were just like let's go get in line because that trailer was amazing and you know it's probably gonna get piled up pretty quickly after the everyone sees that trailer so let's just head right over there it was yeah, a good we, thing we did yeah we did not waste time i remember i remember um when you, when you came in kyle we talked about knights of the Old republic because you, know, you are no wonder we're such good friends well, well I, i'm not a, <laughs> as big a fan as you but well, i know i'm mean, just saying like if you want right, to if you want to get me invested and like strike up a conversation with me you know just just get the words darth revan out of your mouth and i'm like yes i'm interested right. i'm listening <laughs> Then we talked about that, and I remember. I also remember. I forgot. I I, I didn't realize how freakishly tall you were, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh man, he's tall. Um, and then I think you sat down, and then we were talking for like 15, 20 minutes. I remember you said, you "No, know we haven't done yet in a while. Watch this Force Awakens trailer." <laughs> <laughs> I thought was pretty. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, we it, the four hours went by pretty fast. When we it did, all, man. I totally forgot about the Jack in the Box guy. He totally saved our butts, man. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I mean, I doubt that guy happens to be listening to this podcast, but if he does, shout out to the Jack in the Box guy and thank you for being awesome. Yeah, that guy was so cool. Now, that was, honestly, that was such a good time, you know, and that was, was the Battlefront panel like earlier or later that day or was it the day before? It was the day before. Yeah. Okay. I, no, no, no. You know what? The Battlefront panel... That was Battlefront was Friday and then Rebels was Saturday. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah Maybe I'm just getting sense. it mixed up with this year. But yeah, I definitely know it was like in the morning. Mm-hmm. I remember, and I think that's what um, we talked about that too, because we because you were because I think you were telling me you're going to wait in line to see the demo. Yeah. Yeah. Because so I was like, oh man. So we also bonded on that because I knew me and me and Tim liked Battlefront. But then he told me, "Oh yeah, Kyle's a big Battlefront fan too." I'm like, "Oh really?" And that's when we start talking about that. So I think that's I think it was Knights of Old Republic and Battlefront, and we're and you were gonna get an Xbox. You hadn't gotten it yet. I don't think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because yeah, basically, like Battlefront was the game that got me to buy an Xbox One. Like oh, I, I bought it a couple months before Battlefront came out, but that was the catalyst. You know, if I I'll, I'll say this: if if it's in Anaheim, and I'm I pray it is. I really do because. You know, we'll we'll talk about here in a second about you know the main floor or not main floor, but the the main stage. But I gotta say, if it's in Anaheim again in 2019, I'm driving down. I'm taking like two and a half weeks off. And we're all hanging out a lot more when we when that happens, if that happens. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, I hope that really happens. <laughs> Especially well, anyway. now. Anyway. Good memory. Yeah. Good, good talk memory laying there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, now, before we get on to talking about the stuff that we haven't covered yet from this celebration, I know, Paul, you wanted to talk a little bit about something we already covered on the last episode, which obviously is the Last Jedi trailer, because we can't have a new Star Wars movie trailer without going over every inch of it with Paul. Um, although, <laughs> the, because we already spent a bunch of time talking about it with Jason on the last episode, we're not going to go through it like shot by shot and everything no, like, no, we, no. like we have before in the past. Um, but any, 
I mean, I'll kind of just throw it to you, Paul. Like, you know, Tim and I can chime in with our thoughts, but any, you know, anything in particular, you know, anything particularly grabbing from the trailer that uh, that you feel like you got to just bring up again? All right, there's a couple things. Um, the first of all, the, the first of all, I can't even talk. I'm so excited to talk about this trailer. Um, first of all, I want to say that I, you, know, you guys kind of touched on it a little bit, and now I don't want to sound like I'm disappointed because I'm not disappointed at all. I was kind of surprised how the there was lack of sizzle in the trailer. Now, what I mean by that is like not a lot of action shots. There, it was. It's more of a. It was more of a subdued teaser. And yeah. to be honest, I was really shocked they went that route for celebration. Um, I don't think it was a bad teaser by any means. I, I think it was different. You know, I yeah. wasn't. It what didn't have the pizzazz that I that I kind of thought that like you know, the the teaser from you know the Force Awakens teaser from a couple of years ago had. Um, whereas if you watch that teaser, it's like got tons of like crazy shots where like oh my god what does that mean oh my god what does that mean and then like, after after it goes into this christmas it goes like really into like craziness you know it's like oh oh my god oh my god you know this one's just kind of like oh my god ray's standing there oh my god there's poe running down a corridor you know i mean there's a couple great shots in it but i mean it felt like there was this not it wasn't as intense but i don't think that was a bad thing yeah um it really laid the groundwork groundwork that I think to show this movie is going to be a little bit different than what we probably are expecting from the force awakens. Um, probably keeping it line in line with like the empire strikes back, which I think is very like standard to say, you know, like, Oh, well can't compare it to anything else. Might as well be empire strikes back because it's the middle (laughs) one. I mean, I, but I hate to say it, but it, it really is like the way they're 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 already kind of showing us what's going on. That's what they're giving us, you know, the more of a spiritual aspect of the movie, and it's awesome. I mean, I was, I had I had trouble hearing um, what they were saying in the trailer, like when you know when uh, Ray's like says light darkness balance. Mm-hmm. I thought she says light darkness. My parents. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And I was like, what? And then I realized, oh, she says balance on the Jedi thing. And it kind of freaked me out there. Man, if she did say that, imagine the rabbit hole we could go down and dissecting and speculating that line of dialogue. Oh, yeah. (laughs) God. (laughs) But, you know, it was really cool seeing that that hand, um, you know, over the the Jedi symbol, which was the first time we've seen it in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it was really cool. So, um, which, I don't know. I thought that was really awesome. Um, I thought it was really um, – it, it's interesting. There's a couple things I'm, I'm a little – I didn't really think anything of it when I first saw the teaser, but now that I've watched all these videos behind it. What do you guys think about the Man of Steel scene? Oh, see, <laughs> that popped in my head right away when I saw that. Oh, this is kind of like Man of Steel, but I dig it. I think it's pretty cool. Oh, okay, all right. What was the Man of Steel the, scene? You know where her hand's on the ground and you kind of see like – the rocks kind of float up, the little pebbles float up she's a little bit. To, she's about to shoot up in the sky. Oh, yeah, that didn't cross my mind at all. <laughs> of course, I'm not a big, I'm, I'm not a huge comic book fan like you guys, especially, and, you know, no offense to any, any big fans out there, but I've just never been that much of a Superman guy. So, like, How, and, and I've seen Man of Steel, but I definitely didn't watch the trailers enough, and I've only seen the movie once. So, you know, when I see something in a Star Wars trailer, it's not going to make me go, oh, that looks like the thing from Man of Steel. 
because for me, it's like such a cool shot in Man of Steel. I mean, they didn't rip it off or anything. But there are I know similarities, but I just think it's cool in the Star Wars sense because you know she's using the Force to do all that stuff, and that just makes anything more awesome. So yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, and I, I definitely cropped in my head, but yeah, it's similar. But I thought it was still awesome. Yeah, I definitely just thought of it more in the sense of like it's Luke, you know, lifting the rocks with Yoda on Dagobah, like. She's not shaking and about to like take off. She's just learning how to levitate stuff. Well, duh! I don't think she's gonna fly. Well, I know. Come on! <laughs> but it does make me excited to see, you know, like her level of force power because it seems like, I mean, that's not like it's, it's like it's building up to something big. Like if we could see her right, like, right. moving like the surface that she's on, just I know something new to the aspect of what we've seen in, from the force visually could be really cool. So that's what yeah. kind of got me excited about seeing that shot. Also, just the possibilities of what new force powers we could be seeing possibly yeah well, see and it's, it's like there's um I, I liked most of everything i mean like i said there wasn't anything that i was like oh my gosh there's a couple noticeable things in there that that i had to bring up one was um i actually really liked the the way luke was speaking from the first part um where he's like you know just breathe like i kind of it's you know i was a little nervous about hearing you know, Luke talked for the first time and seeing what, how would he sound? How would Mark Hamill sound? Because we, he's, because Mark Hamill is such a jokester and such a, you know, he's just a big goofball. You know, it's like, and obviously he's an actor. He's going to be able to play a serious type. Obviously, this role is very freaking serious. Um, so I was just really curious because, you know, Mark doesn't really do a lot of, you know, mainstream acting gigs anymore. You know, he does a little bit, but. You know, he plays on the the CW trickster. I mean, come on. I mean, it's not. <laughs> and he played a. a, a Which he's awesome in, too. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> I, I'm not saying he's not, but I'm, you, you see what I'm saying? It's not. This is a very dramatic yeah. role. So, I mean, I like, it. so I was just kind of curious of how he would sound and would he sound like he's overacting. But I, I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised that, like, and I always thought he was, un, he was solely underrated in the original trilogy. Don't get me wrong. I think he gets a lot of heat for the act his acting which i thought he did a great job in um but um that being said uh i thought he sounded awesome you know especially in the first part where he's like just breathe he goes what do you see and like the way he was sounding it sounds like old luke i mean i know it sounds stupid but it doesn't sound like he's overacting i mean i, I it's i heard that um, I don't know if he said it on the panel but he had mentioned that he had just did the voice work for that trailer like two weeks ago yeah, he said and, it as they were kind of walking off the stage and about to yeah. show the trailer. He kind of said it offhand, like, by the way, I've just recorded dialogue, and I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he said it was like two weeks ago. It was just, you know, Ryan Johnson was like, by the way, you know, these guys haven't seen it either, and so they'll be seeing it for the first time. And Mark Hamill was like, yeah, I recorded voiceover for it, and I haven't even seen it. Yeah, so, I mean, I I thought he sounded great. And, 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 and I thought it was really interesting was you can tell that I think – Mark Hamill was nervous about going back to playing Luke, as he should be. Um, I think it's it's a scary thing. I mean, he's an iconic hero, and you know it's it's not that's not really Mark Hamill's bread and butter anymore. So it's a little scary. And so I think you know he said I thought it was really interesting that he said in the panel that I gave my performance completely over to Ryan. So if he was happy, I was happy, and 
I really hope that he blows people out of the water, and I hope this kind of resurrects his acting career. And it's not, not like acting like he needs he, – he's done plenty of work. He's doing stuff. Like That's not what I'm saying. But it would be cool to see him get more noticeable and get more regular like mainstream acting gigs you know, in Hollywood just because mm-hmm. I think he's – I think he's a great act, good actor, and I think that he will he will do well in the movie. So it was really cool to hear him talk, and I think with Ryan Johnson giving the direction, I think Luke will be just fine in the movie. Um, Speaking so of his I, voice, real quick, we don't, I don't think we talked about this on our last episode, but I've seen a lot of people, especially the day this trailer first came out, kind of wondering or speculating even if that was luke's voice especially at the end like did you guys ever get that feeling because i thought right away you know that's mark hamill that's luke oh Skywalker. For sure yeah yeah i, I, I never... saw some people thinking maybe it was actually benicio del toro's character or someone else like <laughs> no, no I, it's clearly mark hamill <laughs> i never had any question about it especially again when with mark hamill saying i just recorded voiceover for this i immediately was like oh we're gonna hear luke in here somewhere um, but you know, it's funny, like Paul, you know, you remember, uh, or when you just said that, like when you saw it for the first time, you kind of had trouble hearing it or like, weren't sure what certain people said or whatever. I'm like, that was me when we saw the force Wiggins trailer in Anaheim, because I remember when, um, you know, when, when Luke does the voiceover for that trailer and he says, you know, the force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. My sister has it. After we watched that for the first time and we're all freaking out and going nuts, like I turned to, you know, you, Tim and, and Jason and everybody else. And I was like, who was that talking? And they were all like, it's Luke, <laughs> duh. And I was like, are you sure? Because like, I know it's his lines, but it kind of sounded like somebody else. And, you know, I think there's. I don't know. It messes with your head sometimes. You're just like expecting to hear something new or different or like hearing what you want to hear or something. But I don't know. That was yeah, Paul, were you able to compare like the reactions from the Force Awakens trailer and the Last Jedi trailer from these from both celebrations were about yeah. the same or did you notice one was a little more? Yeah, I would say one was I would say the Force Awakens had way more energy and way more like getting this and don't get me wrong there was a lot of excitement for this but you know expected to i think yeah you know but to be honest though too we're talking about the main floor or the main the main stage for this one um it was way smaller than anaheim i mean it was yeah way uh, way way smaller live stream yeah i think that's what jason said too and so i think like you could have fit probably another thousand more people. Probably I'm just, I mean, I'm just par- I'm just guessing, but um, you know, to d- d- fit in there, I, I I think from my my reaction, just be based on that, it was probably more Force Awakens. But that's because of Force Awakens also had more people, and it was a Force Awakens. So yeah, um, I mean, but, it was it was our first time seeing any of that stuff. I mean, we had the little teaser before that, but yeah. like, you know, I I I still go back and watch that video sometimes of like the people's live reactions, like in that theater to watching it for the first time. And, you know, everybody just goes nuts when you see the crash star destroyer on this, on the screen for the first time. And when you see Luke's lightsaber and when you see, you know, X-wings and tie fighters and all that kind of stuff. And now it's like, not that that stuff is not exciting anymore, but it's like, okay, we kind of know what to expect a little bit more from this, from this new movie. I mean, like the, the main draw of episode eight is not just going to be returning to star Wars for the first time in 10 years. And like having the story be 30 years later, it's going to be taking all these new characters and stories that we've now established in the force awakens being like, okay, what happens next? So it's going to be like the actual stories and the character development. That's exciting. And not just like, Oh, it's new star Wars stuff. And that's stuff that you're not going to get as much of in the trailers. Right. Um, the other the other thing we, we had to talk about 
Kyle, and this is for me and Kyle only. Sorry, Tim. You're out of this one. I'll sit back. Um, no, no, no. no I, I'm just kidding. I actually want to hear what you have to say about this. Um, when I saw the the pile of rubble, um, when she, when uh, Ray says darkness, I thought it was uh, the smashed up Darth Vader mask, and I was like, "What? He smashed Vader's mask? That's crazy!" And then when I got home and I started rewatching the trailer a thousand times, I started crying. immediately in my bed and realized it was that mask and his mask specifically and i immediately said oh no (laughs) oh no and am i am i alone or or it sounds like i'm not alone in this is this does this mean that he's not going to have a mask in the last jedi uh i mean it's hard to tell. We don't know how far into the movie that is, obviously. Um, but, you know, I could understand them going that route. Like, as cool as I think the mask looks, um, and as much as I would love to keep seeing it, I think part of the reason it even exists is to hide the mystery of the character. You know, like, if we had seen his face right off the bat in The Force Awakens, you wouldn't immediately go, oh, that's Han and Leia's son. But at the same time, like, there could be anybody under there. You know, like, there could have been, like, a black dude or an Asian dude who, like, obviously had no relation to Han and Leia. So, like, part of it is just <laughs> keeping the, the identity of the character a mystery. Um, and <laughs> no, it's just funny because, like, hold on, it's just funny because, like, they also reveal who he was, like, halfway through the movie. Which is true. Um... But like, he keeps the mask on. It's so cool. Yeah, and and I again, I love the mask. I I would love to keep seeing it, but I get the feeling they might be kind of going in a different direction. Um, I think he's going to be kind of evolving as a character and as a villain. And I know we we've I know one of the theories I threw out on our last episode in terms of like how and why that mask was destroyed. I'm like, was he maybe destroying it? You know, maybe Kylo Ren destroyed it himself out of remorse like maybe he's still conflicted about about killing han or about turning to the dark side and you know maybe he just kind of destroyed it in a fit of you know uncontrolled emotion you know out of like uncertainty for himself but i think he also could like after losing that lightsaber duel to ray he might have just like smashed it in you know in a fit of rage and was like okay that obviously didn't work like let's take it up a notch um, and also now he's obviously got the scar over his eye, which we see, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say prominently featured. It's not, we get like, we get a, a huge close up on it or anything. Um, but you see it in, um, you know, in, in his shot in the trailer, like he doesn't have the mask on, you see his face, you see, he's got that new scar now, but also, and let me go check real quick. Um, I'm looking at the battlefront 2 website and i know i saw this somewhere yeah so even like on the on the main page of the battlefront 2 website if you scroll all the way down there's a shot of kylo ren from like in the game um yep Mm -hmm. and it looks like he's got like a new cape to go with his outfit and it's just you know him without the the helmet the fact although no now that i think about it in the in the trailer he does have the helmet on um, but it's but but it's because of the time period before the Force Awakens, right? And I'm I'm still thinking like the fact that they're using this image of him without the helmet in like marketing material outside of the movie. Granted, it's just one image, but still, like they just as easily could have put a shot of him without the helmet. I think 
he or, or uh, him with the helmet, I mean, but the fact that he's without it, um, I think maybe says something about like the version of Kylo Ren that we're going to see more often in this movie. I, I just think it's interesting, and I'll let Kenny talk about this, Tim, because I'm, I'm curious what you think. But um, I, I'm a little—it's a little weird to me that they would go this route already in the second film because they work so hard to incorporate that mask all over the marketing, and then they're all of a sudden just going to be like, "No mask." It just seems very—I don't know. I—I I, I, just—I I question that a little bit, you know, per, me personally. So. Um, I, I, for one, will be devastated if he doesn't have it on a little bit, you know? I mean, I was kind of bummed he didn't fight with it on in The Force Awakens, but I think Adam Driver's performance was so good, I didn't mind. That's, that's how good he was. So um, having, but, having worn the helmet through several days of uh, two conventions now, I can safely say I think Adam Driver would have walked off set if he had to do a lightsaber fight in that thing. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Dark David Prowse... He fought with it on. He anyone can fight with it on. Come on, this is ridiculous. This is, this is ridiculous. It can Tim, help fuel his hate for the, in his lightsaber fight. That's yeah, Tim, what do you what do you think about the helmet? Yeah, we kind of went crazy a little bit in our last episode as far as like the possibilities of what that could mean, and I'm not like 100 sure on what it is because there's I think there's plenty of different plausible reasons for why that helmet is smashed. Either he did it himself. Um, for the reasons that you said, or maybe I think we were speculated with Jason too, where he, I mean, the, the hope that we're want to see in this movie is like force ghosts and remembering the, like Anakin, Obi-Wan or Yoda. And if we are fortunate to get that, and if it is Anakin, I think Jason was the one who brought this up. If I remember right, where, what if, you know, Anakin comes to him in a force vision or as a force ghost and he realizes, you know, Darth Vader wasn't who he thought he'd thought he was and he was redeemed at the end and that causes him to kind of lose faith into the person he looked up to and he smashed his helmet because of that or another thing that i was thinking of where too maybe snoke smashed it you know as part of his training to you know kind of feel it more and not to heavily rely on his lineage of being darth vader's grandson so i don't know there's a lot of different possibilities but i do think we're gonna see the mask or him wearing the mask a good portion of the movie I think it's not going to happen right away. I think it's something that's going to be kind of in the middle or towards the end. But I will agree that it would be nice to, at least at one point during this trilogy uh, during this trilogy to see him fight an actual lightsaber battle with that mask on because it would be really cool. Because you know we've seen him with the lightsaber, you know, cut down Laura Santeca and block Ray's blasters with his lightsaber and his mask on. But in an actual duel, that would be something really cool. So I'm hoping we yeah. do get that at some point. But. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, I just think it can go a lot of different ways as far as the reason as to why that mask is all smashed up now. Yeah, and he could always get another one or something, but, you know, I don't know if that would just seem kind of redundant, like, you know, smashing the mask and be like, oh, I'll get a better one or a different looking one. Like, I, I think there's going to be, like, some pretty significant meaning to that. Um, yeah. Especially, like... And we didn't really talk about this because it wasn't in the trailer at all, but like we still, at least for me, I still want to know more about the Knights of Ren and that whole story and his connection to this whole other group, um, aside from like just Snoke. And so if he's, you know, a part of this whole other band of, you know, armored, like mask wearing warrior guys, like it might be weird if he's the only helmetless one in the group. Well, you know, that's another thing, too. Where the heck were the Knights of Ren? I, I thought they might tease them a little bit, but, man, they didn't do anything with that. 
yeah, yeah. I, I that would that didn't surprise me. I do think they're saving them, you know, for either the last trailer or maybe even holding them off for you know to the actual movie because maybe that's going to be like the big new. I'm not necessarily a surprise, but they're going to be involved in a big way that they don't want to you know shield their hand too much on it just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we also we didn't see any of of Laura Dern or Benicio del Toro. Uh, we didn't see any of Snoke. Like, there's plenty of stuff in this movie that like you know, wasn't teased in the first trailer. Are the Knights of Ren in this movie? Oh, yeah. Well, I will say definitely yes. Yeah. Do you have, are you privy to some inside information, Mr. Jirasi? Uh, I will just say yes, and that's it. Because <laughs> I know you're trying to go into this one as oh, spoiler-free as possible. So that's, that's, that is, that is a good answer, my friend. That is a good answer. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously none of us know for certain, Yeah, um, but it it seems very likely, I mean, based on some rumors that we've heard, but then also just based on the story in general, like, you know, there's so much, like, if anything, I think the only thing could be, like, if they're not in episode eight, they have to come back to it in episode nine, like... But it's mm-hmm. one of those things that I think has to still be an important part of, of his character and his backstory. And I'm like, I want to see that explained somehow, some way, like, you know, see more of these guys. So, um, yeah, fair it would definitely be a disappointment if they don't show up at all in any of these three movies after and just be name dropped once by Snoke. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. And then we'll get another trilogy 10 years from now, and they'll be just the mysterious guys who just got name-dropped once, and everybody will think the big bad guy in the next trilogy, oh, he must be the Knights of Ren! (laughs) (laughs) He'll be the new Plagueis. Oh, God. Oh, no. But another thing, too, it's not necessarily in the trailer, but it's kind of brought came to my mind right now as you were saying that, Kyle. I mean... We were all kind of assuming that this would be the movie that we're going to, you know, get a definitive answer on Ray's parentage. But from some of the interviews that Ryan Johnson gave, he's kind of saying, you know, it's going to be addressed, but not necessarily answered. It kind of made me take a step back to maybe thinking that we are going to get a definitive answer. It might be made more clear to us as an audience, but not necessarily definitive, say, this is whose right parents are. Did you guys I, get that feeling at all, too? Because I, I kind of did. <laughs> here's, here's what I think about that. And I've got something. I've got something. Um, actually, I, I put up an article that an interview with Kathleen Kennedy that weekend um, from Celebration. I want to read you guys because a lot of people I think are not are just ignoring what she said to the to Josh um, Horowitz, whatever this guy's name is. And I, it's it was kind of baffling to me because I, for one, think she's either a Skywalker or a Solo. I'm still in that camp. Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting because I remember after the trailer dropped, I saw a bunch of people being like, "This acting as a matter of fact of like, oh, we know Ray's not related to any of the big three. And I'm just like, <laughs> like that didn't what? give that impression one way or another for me. <laughs> I, I know, it just gave like, like, it's like almost acting like openly, it was like 100% fact. And I'm just like, okay, hold on, hold on a second here. Um, what's, what's interesting is I've heard those same things from Ryan Johnson. I think they tell us who they, her parents are, but they don't explain, like, because it's going to, I what I think, because she's even said herself, she's even said herself that there may be, this might, her, when you, you find out where she comes from, it'll bring up even more questions mm-hmm. than, answer, than answers. 
I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a bombshell who she is. That's why I, I definitely lean towards Solo because everyone's written that off. Like, oh, it's never going to happen. It's impossible. Like, because of this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And that's why I think it would keep it, it and it would make her in that connect, connection that the StarWars.com website has talked about, about having Kylo Ren and Rey having a connection to each other. That, that if it's just the force, then give me a freaking break. But anyway, <laughs> um, but that being said, because of the way Ryan's acting about it and the way and Daisy Ridley's been acting about it, I could see that happening just because it's so out of left field for people that they'll be like, how does that even, how does it even work? And then it would be, it would be a real drop, you know, big mic drop because people wouldn't expect it. And, and just like, just like people, when Darth Vader revealed to Luke that he was his father, people didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. You know, like there were people who said, "Oh, that's impossible. He's probably lying or whatever." But you know, <laughs> that's what I took... thought when I was four. Yeah, and, no, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, so I think what's happen, what's going to happen is whoever she is, it's going to be like it's not going to be clear. Like, this is the origin of Ray. Like, it's not like that, right? It's going to yeah. be. That's why, again, I'm gonna go and say this right now. It's why I'm, it's, I have a hard time, and always had a hard time believing that Ray was some s- stupid rando, like random, like Ray is just Ray, okay? Like I want to say, this is why Ray is not just Ray, because this is Kathleen Kennedy on that weekend of celebration at talking about her parentage. I quote: "It is integral, meaning her parentage. It is important. It's something that, interest, interestingly enough." Even as we were sitting and co- coming up with The Force Awakens, it was one of the central questions we were asking ourselves. Um, she says, so it's not surprising that the audience is going to continue to ask that question. We have to answer it at some point. So let me tell you, if Kathleen Kennedy is telling you where she, come, where she comes from is integral and important, you're telling me Ray is just Ray. No, <laughs> yeah. that's not... Ray is not just Ray. Ray is something substantial. Whether I don't know what that means. It could be, you know, some people say like, you know, she's a child of Luke's, like, you know, whatever of Jedi Order people or whatever. That's, you know, I'm not saying that's impossible. I think it's highly unlikely. Doesn't sound pretty significant to me. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I think that that to me is what when you take that into account. I think that wipes away any rando, like, you know, she's just a brand new character, her own character. I mean, yeah, she's her own character. You could be all that and still have, like, parents that were, like, you know, Skywalkers. It's not like it's because you're a Skywalker, you're not, like, an important character. You know what I mean? Or if you're a part of the family, it makes you less of a character. I've never understood that argument. But when you hear that quote from Kathleen Kennedy, from the Weekend of Celebration, saying it's integral about her parentage. It's important. Like, that means she can't just be some willy-nilly person off the street that the forces goes, here you go. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's my point. Is like, this is why I think they're going to, it's it's a big deal. Whether she's a, a Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, daughter or... Uh, you know, a solo, or maybe she really is a new embodiment of the Force. I think that that's still something I'm in. I'm in involved and totally in uh, in on. But when I hear this quote, do you guys think the same thing? There's no way. 
There's just there's no way. Well, to me, the even more convincing evidence, and, and I'm with you, Paul. I, at this point, I think she's either a Skywalker or a Solo, and I'm... <sighs> I'm kind of still leaning more towards Skywalker at this point, but the thing that keeps getting in my head, and I don't know, maybe people are being paid to say this, or maybe they're saying it just to mess with us, but the fact that Daisy Ridley has said on multiple occasions, like, the first time I read the script, I thought it was obvious who her parents were. Exactly. Like, 100%. Mm-hmm. For, for one thing... You know, again, assuming that that's true and they're not just telling her to say that to, to mess with us and stoke the fires of fan speculation. Um, I'm like, that means she can't be a random person because there's yeah. too much evidence in the movie toward pointing towards either Han or Luke as being her father for you to say, like, oh, it's obvious that she's a random person. Like it's fine if you wa- if it's fine if you want that to happen and if you want her to be you know just this new hero that's you know forging her own path but like the the evidence is there and so if you're gonna say like oh it was obvious from reading the script like I knew right off the bat who her parents were it's like is it Han who she immediately like kind of strikes up a a fatherly relationship with and they're finishing each other's sentences and she just happens to be really good at flying his ship or is it Luke whose lightsaber calls out to her through the force and Maz Kanata says this lightsaber was Luke's and his father's before you and now it calls to you like you know I, I think the only evidence pointing to any other theory and this is the one way way out in left field just the fact that you hear Obi-Wan's voice saying Ray these are your first steps that's like right a 3% slice of the pie for you Kenobi fan, you know, people <laughs> who support that theory. Um, right. But it's just, it uh, it infuriates me because when she says, oh, I thought it's obvious who Ray's parents are. I'm like, well, is it Han or is it Luke? Yeah. <laughs> well, and think of it this way too. I mean, like they're, you look at it, look at it this way. When you're, when you're making these movies, you got two hours per film to explain everything right okay so the force awakens already went went through and it sounds like we're not going to get a lot of answers in in um the the last jedi so and when you have the third film what what are you what are you going to do if if she is like you know you basically have you know a small amount of time to explain where she comes from and explain it to a, a mainstream audience. So what's the easiest way to do that? Probably have her be related to one of the main characters from the movies, right? Yeah. That everyone knows. And you know, so, not to not to mention the fact that they still continually reference these movies as the Skywalker saga. Um and and in fact, even on cer- certain occasions, we've seen it referred to still in you know main like press releases and stuff as you know the Last Jedi is the new title of the next movie in the Skywalker family saga. Um, not except the main character might not be related to anyone. <laughs> yeah, like and and technically, you know, yes, Ray could be a solo and still be part of the Skywalker family because yeah, she would yeah, be yeah. Leia's daughter. Oh, totally. But you know what? I mean, the, just the more I'm hearing myself talk about this, the more I'm like you know what let's just simplify it like i'm just gonna stick by my theory that she's luke's daughter like 
because going into The Force Awakens, I was convinced she was going to be like our version of Jaina Solo and that, you know, she was going to have that relationship with Han and Leia. And then you find out that Kylo Ren is the Solo and, you know, all her scenes with Han, I kept waiting for the bomb to drop. Like, you know, you're my daughter, blah, blah, blah. And it never happened. And then Han died. And then she goes and sees Luke at the end and just hands him the lightsaber. And I was like well, I guess she's Luke's daughter. Like, and I guess we'll just have to, you know, wait till the movie to the next movie to find out for sure. But like, that was just seemed what seemed to make the most sense to me at the time. And I feel like now, obviously we've like thought about it and, and analyzed it so much more to the point of like, you know, are we getting too far ahead of ourselves? Like, are we, you know, just thinking so much about other options? Like I'm kind of just wanting to go back to like, you know what, I'm just going to go back to what made sense to me the first time I saw the movie. What was my gut reaction? I kind of yeah. wonder too, going back to, you know, what they will reveal and what they won't reveal in episode eight. And you were kind of saying, Paul, where maybe they'll let us know who her parents are, but you know how it all works out. They're going to save that for nine. I kind of think maybe it can go the opposite way of that too, where they'll explain, you know, what happened, uh, you know, why she was on Jakku, why her, the reason why her family brought her there, but maybe not necessarily say who her parents are and what members of the family brought her there. Maybe they'll keep that a mystery, but no matter which way they go, part of me thinks that if they're going to save it for nine, that would be the best thing to do because I don't know. It's really hard to <laughs> doubt the way everyone involved with making these movies from the writers, directors from Kathleen Kennedy, the story they're going to tell. I mean, I have all the faith of them in the world that they're going to deliver and, you know, make this all work. So I don't want to doubt them, but part of me thinks that, if they save it for nine, it might be, you know, like kind of what you're going to, where there's not enough time to really, you know, dive into all that. And just even from the start of it, because in Return of the Jedi, you know, for those who were waiting for the confirmation that Luke was Darth Vader's son, or even those who thought, you know, yeah, that's true right away, it just got you excited for that. You know, you're going to have a whole movie of this new, you know, status quo for Luke and his character that they dropped this bombshell. Now you're going to see how it all takes place in one movie. So if they, you know, kind of save certain things for nine to reveal that, it would limit that a little bit because what I'm hoping for in episode eight, we find out, you know, who her parents are, regardless of who it is, we can just, you know, get excited or, you know, start speculating of, you know, how race character is going to be a nine. Now, knowing that I just kind of hope we get more of that feeling instead of, okay, we have this idea, but now we got to wait for nine for a little bit more. I just kind of want to go into nine thinking, okay, this is who Ray is. Now let's see how her story develops fully in one movie. So that's what I'm a little, not necessarily worried, but you know, just in the back of my mind, just thinking if it's the best way to go about it, as far as, you know, revealing everything in eight, I hope they do because that the reason I just gave it, they kind of saving a little for eight and a little for nine. I think that can maybe limit some of the storytelling possibilities there and, you know, not have it feel a little rushed for the way episode nine is going to be, but we'll see. We don't know how eight's going to end. Like I said, maybe they will give us the information we need to know who she is, but creating a little mystery, but mm -hmm. man, it's going to be hard to wait another two years <laughs> for right. episode nine. and still asking that question. Who are Ray's parents? Maybe Luke and Ray's like father daughter relationship will just be like, Kanan and Hera's relationship in Star Wars Rebels where it's just there the whole time and they just never like formally confirm it until the very end. That'd be interesting. <laughs> it would be. I hope <laughs> that, not, that'll <laughs> just drive people crazy. But no, like I, I I'm with you, Tim. Like I hope we get the answer to the main question in this movie and then just get it expanded upon in nine. Like 
you know, just like in Empire Strikes Back, they just drop the bombshell, I am your father, and then save it for the next movie to find out, okay, now how is this possible? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I thought Anakin was dead. Like, you know, what's what's going on here? Um, and you get Obi-Wan giving him that whole explanation. Like, I kind of hope they go the same route in, in episode eight and nine here. But at the same time, like, I don't want it to feel too familiar and that's why I've said, especially since Luke and Ray are together now, like at the start of this movie, if if Luke is her father, I hope they reveal that within like the first ten minutes of the movie. Don't don't like repeat the the trope of, you know, having the I am your father reveal at the end of the movie, because then we're never gonna hear the end of people just saying, Oh, it was just like they, you know, they just copied the Empire Strikes Back, even though it already looks like, yes, there's going to be some stuff that's going to be similar to the Empire Strikes Back in this movie, like they're bringing back Imperial Walkers. And honestly, that's got me a little skeptical. Like, the more I think about it, I'm like, was that the best choice to, like, bring them back in this movie? Because you know people are going to make that comparison. But at the same time, I trust that they're going to, like, you know, do something different. Like, it's not just going to be a repeat of the Battle of Hoth. There's going to be some new action scenes. They're going to have to find new ways to destroy them, you know, whatever it's it's going to be. But... Um, Ryan Johnson had a great tweet. I don't know if you guys saw it. He was, like, replying to someone kind of, you know, uh, insinuating that it's just episode eight is going to be a rehash of Empire. And Ryan Johnson just put, yep, you're right. I just spent the last three years of my life just copying everything from Empire. <laughs> yeah. So, when I saw that, I was going to, like, yeah it's cool that it responded that way and you know kind of reassured yeah there's going to be some similarities like all star wars movie but again it's for the most part i think it's going to be its own thing and i'm just glad to see ryan johnson kind of respond to that and have fun with it also i thought it was funny yeah and i think like obviously there are going to be some similarities there like it makes sense and we've heard george lucas talk about before like how these stories are supposed to rhyme like it's it's a pattern um and, you know, so yeah, there are going to be some familiar beats that are repeated in, like, the second chapter of every trilogy. But having a parental, you know, twist reveal at the end of the movie, like, I think that's going to be taking it a little too far. And even if they do it really well, I just don't want to have to deal with, you know, telling people, oh, yeah, like, I love the new Star Wars movie. And they're like, really? It was just, like, why did you like it? It was just a copy of Empire Strikes Back. I'm like... No, it wasn't just, you, you know, even though Luke said, I am your father at the end, like, and I'm obviously he's not going to quote that exact same line because they know that would be going too far. But all I'm saying is like, I hope they reveal that differently in this one. If I were to guess, I'd say we're going to get the reveal or some answers in a force vision right now. I'm thinking inside that tree or whatnot mm-hmm. where all those books are at. And, you know, some of the, we didn't get it in the trailer, but some of those, uh, scene descriptions that we saw from like those shareholders meetings where there was Ray surrounded by like those flashing lights or those little glowing lights similar to Qui-Gon in the Yoda arc. Mm-hmm. So I, I just have a feeling we're going to get some force vision or some force revelation that's going to give us the answer to that. And I think that would be a cool way to do it if it's through the force. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. And then just, you know, have Ray go into the cave to like have her vision and then she comes back out and sees Luke for the first time and just goes, dad yeah (laughs) and then luke will be speechless again (laughs) (laughs) um all right well anyway we're like over an hour into the episode and haven't even (laughs) talked about the stuff we came here to talk about oh man sorry this is my fault my fault yeah well we didn't have it any other way we knew what we were getting into um but yeah, so let's uh, get on to the stuff from Celebration that we haven't covered yet. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk about like 
the beginning of it, how they kicked it off with that 40th anniversary panel, um, this, you know, 40 years of Star Wars panel that was on uh, Thursday morning. Um, I mean, man, I don't even know where to begin with this, aside from just it was, I mean, this was like a perfect tribute to just everything Star Wars and the whole history of it and to have so many people involved uh, come out. Um, unfortunately, I had to work this morning. So like I was watching the live stream on my phone before I left for work. And then I got in the car, still had it live streaming on YouTube and just plugged it in and was like listening to the audio. And of course, as they're having all these guests come out and we knew that like Mark Hamill was going to be there and, uh, you know, Dave Filoni and um, Hayden Christensen and Ian McDermott and, you know, all these people who've been involved with, you know, the original trilogy, the prequels, yada, yada, yada. Um, and of course, I mean, kind of one of the big surprises was that George Lucas was there. He wasn't announced ahead of time, but I'm like, that wasn't a huge shock to me. It made me very happy. And, you know, I, I was grinning ear to ear, you know, watching him come out and of course, you know, hearing the, the reaction that he got from the fans as he showed up um you know that was just awesome and, and nice to hear him talking star wars again and to just be back at the center of it and uh you know i mean how can you have a 40th anniversary celebration without paying respects to the guy who started this whole thing yeah. um so that was awesome but then like harrison ford came out and i was on my way to work at that point and when they announced harrison ford i was like what and had to like try not to <laughs> crash my car and you know like just so many cool surprises and, and i mean let's let's kind of just go through this and you know you guys can like share your thoughts or whatever also i've got an article open on starwars.com where they've got um like 11 highlights from the 40 years of star wars panel um so just kind of anything that that grabbed you or that you wanted to mention just kind of from the beginning part or like the first hour or whatever and then we'll kind of talk about the sure. couple other big things at the end well, it was really cool because um, when we were waiting in line, we met some uh, these these cool uh, kids from England. Um, one of them recognized my Morrissey shirt, and they were talking about Morrissey for a second. And then we kind of that was the the segue of our friendship with the, with the four of them, and they're hilarious. Um, well, how can these, you not wear a Star Wars shirt when you got Star Wars celebration? I, I felt I just want, <laughs> I didn't want to be that one guy, so I just wanted to wear, wear non Star Wars shirts. I did wear a Lucas. Well, you were that one guy who didn't wear a Star Wars shirt. Yeah, yeah, I, I did wear a Lucasfilm shirt on Sunday, which I got stopped by multiple people asking me if where I got it, and I said I got it at Lucasfilm. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, but uh, but anyway, um, it was funny because um, we're, we're standing in line, and, and these these guys from England were. Um, <laughs> they, this guy he was an amazing voice artist. Um, he, this guy could like do any voice, and uh, he blew me away. But one, but him and this other guy, um, when I met his name was Jake. Uh, I forgot, what was um, oh my gosh, what was the guy who was the great voices? Oh my gosh, it's it's gonna kill me for not knowing his name. Um, oh anyway. They didn't have Twitter. Jake was the only one that had Twitter. That's the only reason why I remember his name. But anyway, um, the, the Jake from Twitter, had, he, he's English, but he kept doing like an American accent of um, Anakin Skywalker. And he kept going, if you'll excuse me. And oh, my God, like I, I seriously <laughs> would die laughing every time he did it because it's like, you know, he just had this really exaggerated American accent. Oh, it was so funny. Um, but So now every time I think of Anakin Skywalker, I think of this guy going, if you'll excuse me. Um, <laughs> so we, we talked to them and, and they were talking about how they couldn't wait to get in. They flew away from England. They stayed up all night, all this stuff. Right. And, uh, you know whatever 
And I'm like, yeah, man, I hope I hope it's worth it. I hope, I hope this is all worth it. So we we walk in and um, we sit down and, you know, George comes out, which was, like you said, Kyle, wasn't really necessarily a huge surprise, but it was really exciting nonetheless. Um, and I thought it was really cool that George stayed out, like, the whole time. Like, yeah. it was like he was just there for, like, five minutes and left. Dude stayed out there the whole time and just kicked it with everybody. Um, I thought it was really cool when Filoni came out. And uh, got to talk to, um, you know, Filoni with everyone. And he kind of mentioned, this is one of my kids. You know, you can tell he really loves Filoni. And that was really cool. Um, one of the things that was really funny about George is that, like, he's just such a regular dude. That's why I love him. You know? And uh, it was really funny because as he was sitting in the chair, he kept kicking his feet out. I don't know if you guys saw that on the, on the, on the live stream. But, like, George, like kicked his legs out like 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 a little kid it was really uh, almost hmm. the whole time and i thought it was really cute because he's just like just being himself and um it was really cool seeing uh hayden come out and everyone cheer give him a good you know good yeah, heart cheer. Awesome. um and uh you know he almost felt like he was a little apprehensive of being there a little bit you know what honest. on the live stream it came across like he like really emotional it was almost like he was ready to cry or like taken back by the reception that, that might be got. what it is hmm. because that's what because I, I was you know in the back so i didn't really see super well but like he didn't seem very talkative and maybe he was wasn't expecting like all this but i hope i hope we touched him because we all love aiden christensen hmm. like you know i i was saying online the other day when when, they, when we got announced he was coming and he was going to do photo ops i said man like people need to realize that like or mainstream audiences didn't realize that Star Wars fans love Hayden Christensen. Like they have no hate for this guy. They all love him. And they all like, I think we all would agree that did a good job considering the circumstances. And I love him. Revenge of the Sith hands down. I think he's so underappreciated in that movie. Um, you know, so it was really cool seeing him there and talk a little bit. You can tell, you just, you can tell he wasn't like super calm. He, I, I, maybe it was, he was emotional. I hope he was, I hope, I hope he was because we all love the guy. Um, so, you know, the panel was really cool having like, you know, Harrison Ford come out and that was fun. And like everyone, you know, tell stories and George, you can tell George having a good time. I think at some point, I think it took a little bit of time to kind of get, you know, used to everyone being up in front of everybody a little bit. And then once he got, you know, Mark and, and you had everyone on there, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, I have to say that obviously it was, you know, Super and crazy when you know they did the the Carrie uh, Fisher tribute, and it was that was really nuts because I, I think it I think uh, Billy Lord her daughter you know spoke before the John Williams thing, and yeah, um, so the live stream was acting up all during her speech there. I was like, yeah, oh my, oh my gosh, that was so infuriating. Well, and it was kind of doing that the whole time, like. It would yeah, it was skip really a little bit here her. and there, but yeah, on her it was like it was like they started introducing her, and the next thing you know, she's just on stage, and then right. it's like right into the tribute, and you heard right. like five words that she said. Well, I have to say, she said some really cool stuff, and I'm sure I'm sure they have the whole thing on there now online, but I have to say when she was on there, and then the great the video of Carrie Fisher was amazing. I mean, that was really really special stuff i have to say um when yeah. billy got when billy got up there it was 
pretty awesome because she talked about, you know, I mean, her mom had just died a few months before. So this is like a tough thing, man, you know? And what I thought was really special was that she, one, she was there doing, you know, doing this in honor of her mom. And the fact that she went up in front of everyone and wanted to tell everyone, you know, the thousands of people watching on the live stream that how much the fans meant to her and specifically at celebration that, you know, cause Billy didn't have to say that Billy didn't have to show up and say that she wanted to come out and tell fans how much she loved coming to these things. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, I, I think Carrie, I think it should, I guess what I thought was really cool is that it, she must've loved to talk. She must've loved coming out because she she's told her daughter how much she loved it, and and her daughter made a point to mention that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that she would say that if her mom hated going to these and was like, "Oh, I have to go to these and it's go to these for money." I think Carrie got a lot out of coming out and and socializing, and I mean, yeah. obviously she did, you know. So I think it was really cool that that Billy really wanted to share that with everyone and say, "My mom loved the fans. She loved coming to celebrations." I thought it was really cool. And I thought it was really cool that she did her mom's speech that, you know, obviously stuck with Carrie her whole life. This was really special. It was a really special moment. And then obviously the house got brought down when they, they pull up a curtain and we hear like all of a sudden the camera pan over and then I'm like, what are they, what's, what's Lucas and Kennedy doing over there? And all of a sudden you see like Williams, you're like, Oh my God. And we got a small little, a little treat. That was incredible. That was that will always go down as one of the best moments ever as being a Star Wars fan is being being privy to a small intimate uh, concert of Star Wars music by the the the, the master John Williams. That was I can only imagine. Jeez. That was it. Sounded incredible. I mean, it's and it's it was so funny. I'm not sure if you guys saw it in the live stream, but you saw uh, John Williams like everyone's like freaking out. And he's like telling us to shut up, like bring it, stop, like bring it down. Bring yeah, it down. yeah. So funny. Because everyone's like, "Oh my God, John Williams!" Um, you know, and we, Dave and John and I, we just couldn't handle it. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it was really cool. It was really special, and uh, it, it sounded incredible. I mean, it was for as small as it was, it was insane. So, you know, I have to say, it was, it was the best. It was by far the best panel throughout the weekend. And I thought it was really interesting um, when I let you know I talk about the, the kid the, the kids from England. Um, you know, I say kids like probably their mid twenties, um, but they I was kind of wondering. I'm like, you know, I hope that you know they flew out to England and all this stuff. Like they waited all night. Like was it worth it for these guys? I hope it was worth it for these guys because because they were talking about like announcing movies and like you know and and other stuff and whatnot and. Um, I happened to run into them like right afterwards, like, and they all had, they all were bawling their eyes out. Like they like were all this teary eyed. They're like, they're like, Oh man, it was so amazing. Oh, it was incredible. It was the best thing ever. I was like, Oh, it's awesome. It was so cool. I mean, everyone was like teary eyed, but they were like just so emotional. You know, I thought it was so cool. Um, seeing these people touched by John Williams in the, in the music that you know he that he did so it was it was it was a real a real incredible time. Yeah, man, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be there and see that in person. I mean, by that point of the show, I was 
I had finished driving to work and I was at work and was just, you know, watching the rest of the thing on my phone. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously like the Carrie Fisher tribute was really touching. Um, and you could definitely tell like throughout the weekend, but especially on that, on that first day, I mean, this was almost like another like public memorial for her. Um, because like you said, I mean, not that for any of these guys that Star Wars is like the only important thing that they've ever done in their life, but you know, especially some of these actors like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, like that's so much what they're known for. But then the fact that they come to these celebrations and like interact with the fans, it's like, that's, you know, it's a big part of their sort of public persona, but then also their presence there is like a big part of the draw of these events. Like I'm sure for people who are there and especially people who are used to like going to the celebrity panels and getting photo ops and autographs and stuff like that, it was probably really weird being like, man, Carrie Fisher's not at this one because like she always goes to those things. Um, and so you could tell that everybody was just sort of in a... Um, I don't know, like a bittersweet mood, because obviously, like, it's it's sad that she's no longer with us, but they also, you know, just shared a lot of, like, happy memories and spent a lot of time talking about, you know, what it was like working with her on set and just how incredible she was. I mean, I think we did talk about this a little bit um, last week, talking about the, the Last Jedi panel, too, because, like, Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson were talking about that, um, you know, what it was like working with her on that movie. Um... But then, yeah, like I said, that that tribute montage video that they showed was just really touching. But then as I'm, you know, sitting there watching it at work and then realize like, oh, they pan over on the camera and, you know, I see like, oh, there's an orchestra and they're probably going to like play Leia's theme or something. Oh, that'll be really sweet. And Holy crap, that's freaking John Williams. <laughs> and my mouth was just like slack jawed like I mean not like wide like jaw hanging on the floor but just kind of like hanging half open in disbelief as I'm watching this thing and I'm just like wow like I mean just to just to see that Carrie Fisher tribute and then hear John Williams play Leia's theme right after that would have just been perfect and I'm like man that is like such a cool thing that they did for the fans and, you know, and, and for Carrie's memory, like to have him come out to celebration just to play like a three minute song. And then of course everybody gives him a big ovation afterwards, but then he goes back into playing like the star Wars theme and the Imperial March. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, why am I not there right now? Like, I think I texted you guys right after that. Cause you know, obviously mm -hmm. I would have loved to go, um, you know, just I'm at a point right now where I've got a lot of other stuff to save up for. I'm looking for a new job and getting ready to move and, you know, get married here in the near future. And so I was like, man, it just, you know, as much as I would love to be there, like, you know, with the, the travel expenses of going to Orlando and stuff, I should probably like save my money right now. And then hopefully the next one in a couple of years, I will definitely be there, um, especially if it's in Anaheim again. But I was like, eh, I'll go ahead and pass on this one. Um, and as soon as I saw the end of that panel, I was like... George Lucas, Harrison Ford, and John Williams were there. Like, if I had known that ahead of time, I would have walked to Orlando from yep, Arizona. I remember that text. I remember that text. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before I pretty much echo with what you guys said, get a little of my nitpicks out of the way from <laughs> about the 40th anniversary panel, because overall, it was amazing. But the one thing I was hoping for at this panel as, like, a really great celebration of 40 years of Star Wars was to have you know see all these different you know actors creative forces behind these different uh star wars movies and tv shows together on stage at the same time i was a little disappointed that it was kind of okay we'll bring 
these uh, actors up. We'll bring Dave Filoni up. They'll leave. Another group will come in. Then we'll bring the next batch. I was really hoping for, you know, first off, like we were saying how uh, the Last Jedi panel wasn't, the stage wasn't as big as uh, the one for Anaheim. This stage was pretty small, too. So they looked like they couldn't even fit all of them on there, which was disappointing. Yeah. But it just would have been awesome just to see everyone on stage talking about their involvement with Star Wars and just being together. I mean, before uh, we actually saw it, we were just saying how cool would it be to see Hayden Christensen and Mark Hamill together, you know, father and son, Anakin and Luke. We never got that off the stage, but then, you know, some photos were taken where we saw Hayden and Mark, you know, pose for a few shots, which was cool. But then they actually did, I think, do what I was hoping for, where they got everyone who was at that panel for one uh, big photo, which was awesome to see. But I just wish we actually had that at the actual uh, panel where you just see all these, you know, Star Wars legends on one stage together throughout the whole show would have been cool. So that was one disappointment. And then like, the other little nitpick, you're celebrating 40 years of all of Star Wars. I thought it would have been nice to just have a little bit for the sequel trilogy. I know it's brand new, but if you had maybe J.J. or Daisy Ridley or John Boyega there for just a few minutes to kind of, you know, end cap the full of where we're at with Star Wars right now. We went from the beginning up to where the sequel trilogy. So it wasn't quite the full spectrum of all of Star Wars. They didn't have anything from the sequel trilogy, but th- that's a nitpick. So yeah, see, I didn't I even, got... I didn't even mind that knowing that the last Jedi panel was coming the next day. It's like, I'm, sh- I don't I'm need... sure that's why they didn't, but yeah, still. I was like, I don't need somebody to come out and talk about the sequel trilogy for five minutes when they're going to be talking about it for an hour and a half tomorrow. Yeah, just kind of not even saying anything new, but just, you know, say what it's like to be involved with this current generation of Star Wars and all that. I'm sure it'd be stuff we heard before, but I just thought it would have fit nicely with the rest of the panel of having everyone from their different eras of Star Wars. So, but yeah, what you guys said, I mean, can't add too much more to that except, you know, how awesome it must have been for you to actually be in that room, Paul, because I got goosebumps just seeing all that amazing stuff. I mean, it's hard to think, unless you're on a set of one of the original trilogies or the scoring session with John Williams, with maybe some of the actors are there, but to have that many Star Wars legends in one room, I mean, like you said, Paul, it's going to be something that was going to, it's going to be memorable for so many people. I think that's going to be the big takeaway from this panel. Yeah, going into it, we thought, oh, maybe they'll announce, you know, a new standalone movie since, you know, 40th anniversary of Star Wars. I'm going to go into the, what's next? gonna happen in the next 40 years well here's the next few standalone movies we didn't get that but they were teasing that this is gonna be a panel that's not to be missed it's gonna be full of surprises and it definitely delivered on that because there's gonna be some moments that you're not gonna forget and even for me just watching it on the stream like i said I'm, it just left you with a great feeling of you know star wars history that you're witnessing here especially once john williams came on and performed that princess leia theme and when that started i was like Oh, they're gonna play Plantis Leia's thing with Orcus. That's cool. But then I look closer, like, is it? Could it be? Is that? It is. It's John Williams, like, oh man, what a way to cap off the special event. So, yeah, it was just really cool. A great way to start off Celebration Orlando, just with you know, going down memory lane with a lot of the different actors was really cool. And like you guys said, hearing you know Dave Filoni talk with George Lucas was <laughs> really. I mean, I could hear those two talk about their days and their discussions that they had with Clone Wars forever. That's just so fascinating. And then mm-hmm. seeing Hayden with Ian McDermott was really cool. Just kind of got the feeling you just wished it was longer. And like I said, you just all these actors together would have been cool. Having them maybe go back and forth with each other. Someone could say something, then someone else would, 
you know, butt in and add a little joke or share their experience. It just would have been cool to see everyone go off with each other, talking about the different ways they were involved with Star Wars. But what we got was still super, super cool. So, and yeah, something that Star Wars fans are going to remember forever, I think. It was just kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime moments for those who were there. It's like, like you said, Paul, I'm sure you're never, ever going to forget it. I mean, how often are you going to get Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, George Lucas, and John Williams together in the same room? And not to mention Hayden Christensen, Ian McDermott, Dave Filoni, Anthony Daniels, Billy D. Williams, all these <laughs> Star Wars legends together. It was just really, really cool. Yeah, and of course, I thought going into it that like uh, Hayden Christensen and Ian McDermott were going to be the only actors from the prequels there. But then, of course, they also had you know video recorded messages from Liam Neeson and yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, which of course got me thinking like, man, how freaking awesome would it have been if those guys were there? But obviously, like you know, they're both busy doing movies all the time, so I'm sure they were both you know off on sets or whatever. Um, yeah, Liam Neeson's doing the Jar Jar movie, don't you remember? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And uh, then, of course, Samuel L. Jackson trying to pitch his return as Mace Windu. Um, <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, that was really special. And, I mean, we can't even do it justice by just trying to recap all the highlights of it because, man, like, every every minute of, of just watching and listening to this thing was special. And, uh, you know, if you guys haven't seen it yet, definitely go back and watch it again. I hope the video they have up on YouTube now is free of all the glitches and stuff because that was really annoying. Like, there were more than a more than once, you know, a couple of times where I was watching it and it would, like, freeze up or glitch and then skip ahead. And I, like, backed up over that spot a couple of times hoping that it was just my internet connection fritzing out right there. And then it was like, nope, it did it again. There must have yeah. been an issue with the video. Um, but, yeah, it was just so so special and so memorable and um yeah like you said just can't imagine what it was like to actually be there i'm sure you know if i had been there for it that would have been one of those memories that probably would have been right up there with that uh that force awakens trailer from the last one it's just like those memories as a star wars fan that you're never going to forget um and yeah was it kind of hard paul like once it was over because sure everyone was just so like on a high or just buzzing about what happened, like just to kind of focus on the rest of the day of celebration. Like it was kind of like that for the force awakens. But with this, like I said, all for all the reasons, everyone that was there, just knowing how special it was, like, what was the feeling like afterwards? And almost like, okay, like, how do you, where do we go from here now? It was something that I felt like it, it just felt special. It felt like it was, we saw something that would, we probably would never get ever at a celebration again. Um, to be quite honest, like I felt, um, and I was, you know, I was there for the force awakens, uh, panel and this was probably more special than that. Almost, almost like I felt it was equal. Um, if not more, just because it's the, 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 this the type of, of celebrating, not just star Wars, but Carrie Fisher, um, you know, John Williams being there performing, um, George Lucas being there talking about everything. It was, it was a real special moment. And, and I have to say it was definitely one of my favorite ever of be, and being a Star Wars fan. So um, it was it was really cool. It was really cool. I I, I really have no I have no complaints ever of, of, of saying that I was there. It was it was worth it 100 percent. Yeah, I'm sure. Like and like you said, Tim, like going into it, I was hoping that 
Um, you know, since they didn't really have any dedicated panels for uh, the other standalone movies during this celebration, I was like, oh, well, they're probably going to announce another standalone movie during this panel. Like, they're going to, you know, celebrate the 40-year history of Star Wars and then look ahead to the future and, like, announce a couple of exciting new things. And even, like, the night before Celebration started, we got that announcement of the Forces of Destiny miniseries. And so it was like, oh, man, if they're already announcing stuff the night before, like, I can't imagine what we're going to start you know getting announced yeah. when celebration actually starts but then this was totally just you know it, it this was not like a a news dropping panel um there was you know no big stuff announced it was totally just um all about you know going down memory lane about the legacy of star wars the legacy of carrie fisher the journey that all these people have been on um it was totally just uh you know, it was it was a nostalgia trip, and I'm sure it didn't need any big announcements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and and exactly. I and I came out, I came away from it going like, man, I might have been expecting something different, but that was perfect. Like, I'm totally glad they did that the way they did. Um, you know, I didn't need any announcements or anything like that. Like, I just loved every second of that. Um, so yeah, you know, hats off to them for really just knocking it out of the park right there. And I'm sure yeah. you know. I mean, just from like seeing people's reactions and you know all the tweets and stuff i mean it sounded like there wasn't a dry eye in the house after that and so you know i'm like i'm sure you know tim you're talking about going about the rest of the day after that and everybody just buzzing with this energy i i can imagine it was like a totally different energy than uh you know we felt after that force awakens panel yeah exactly because we came out of that being like okay now let's just sit down and watch that trailer 18 more times and just like I, I want to know everything about The Force Awakens. I'm so excited for new Star Wars and just, you know, had everybody on cloud nine, whereas I'm sure this was, like, not having everybody, like, super sad necessarily, but just, you know, just a lot of of emotion and uh, nostalgia and, you know, sadness, but also joy and just, you know, just a mixture of all these things. Um, and, you know, wow, I just saw John Williams, like... Yeah, I, I can't imagine what that all must have been like. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it, obviously we can all agree that whether we were actual actually there seeing it in person or just watching it from home, that it was really special and they just did a fantastic job with this. Um, yep. Really couldn't ask for more for a celebration of 40 years of Star Wars. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. All I can say is now I'm really looking forward to the 50th anniversary yeah. celebration. <laughs> um, but anyway... Uh, shall we move on to the, the, the thing that did, uh, get us excited and was, you know, big news and announcements and stuff like that. Um, let's talk some Battlefront 2. Oh yeah. Yes. Finally. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Speaking of which we, we need to get on and play some Battlefront soon after this. Um, yes, we do. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. And I, I think I was maybe kind of on the fence about this after, uh, or, you know, when we were talking about it on our last episode, um, but after, you know, just thinking about it for the past week and, you know, going back and rewatching some of these trailers and stuff, like, I can safely say the Battlefront 2 panel was the thing that got me most just purely excited from this celebration. Um, you know, we kind of talked about how the, the Last Jedi trailer had a different feel from the Force Awakens trailer. I freaking loved it, but it was definitely geared more towards making you feel like it was designed to get you intrigued and not necessarily just just hyped up and and excited and uh 
you know, just get your, your excitement levels through the roof. It was, I mean, for me, it was like, oh, I want to know more. Like, what's going on here? Luke saying, you know, it's time for the Jedi to end. It didn't make me go, yes, like it did when, you know, Chewie were home. <laughs> but it's like, oh, what does this mean? Like, you know, I, ha- I haven't rewatched that trailer nearly as many times as I rewatched that Force Awakens trailer in the week after Celebration Anaheim. But I still am like, you better be darn sure I will be there opening night for for The Last Jedi. Um, It's just, you know, I'm excited for different reasons. But this Battlefront 2 trailer and the whole panel, I was really excited about. Because, like, the trailer was awesome. And we had gotten, like, a leaked little 30-second teaser, which, I mean, after seeing that now, it's like, oh, that was probably just, like, a TV spot or something that they just had queued up that they were going to release after they released the trailer at celebration and just somehow that got leaked out to somebody and they posted it on like Vimeo. And so that was out like a couple days before the panel. Um, but they posted or, you know, they, they showed the full trailer kind of to start off the panel and then we're talking about it afterwards. And I have to say, after being at the battlefront panel at celebration Anaheim, like I was excited and I loved the stuff that they showed there, but it, I don't remember exactly what they talked about at that one two years ago, but I can definitely say at this, they gave a lot more information. Like they blew the lid off this, uh, off of this thing. And I think, um, you know, obviously with the first battlefront, they probably were trying not to make too big of a deal of the fact that like there were only four planets that you could play on and, uh, you know, no space battles, no clone wars, uh, era or anything like that. It's like, they didn't have a, ton of stuff to talk about and I remember saying like you know we were kind of disappointed by some of that stuff that wasn't going to be in it but you know I did get to go to that kind of behind the scene or you know behind closed doors like presentation of um the first gameplay footage from the game and I was like well you know there might not be much in this game but what there is looks amazing and like I'm really excited and I can't wait to play it um But, you know, at the same time, like, yeah, we had those reservations like, eh, I wish there was this. I wish there was that. I hope this isn't a bad game because, you know, they're leaving out all these things that people want. I have absolutely none of those reservations with Star Wars Battlefront 2. Like, I cannot freaking wait to play this game. And, you know, let's just talk about the trailer first. I think, you know, the first thing that it highlights right off the bat is that there will be a single player campaign. Um which, you know, is something that a lot of people wanted. I know, Tim, you know, you were especially, like, excited for that, and, um, you know, a lot of people are excited to play that. Um, And it's going to be focusing on the Inferno Squadron, which was just recently announced as being in a novel that, you know, was kind of first set up as, like, a Rogue One sequel, but now we know that this Inferno Squadron, that it's actually a Battlefront tie-in novel, um, and that the whole Just reading that description for the novel sounded cool too and got me excited about it now knowing that we're gonna play him now yeah (laughs) it's one sweet yeah i mean this is gonna be one and you guys know how i get behind on my star wars reading but i will definitely be reading this one um (laughs) because knowing that it ties into the beginning of a campaign that spans the entire length in between uh return of the jedi and the last uh and the force awakens um as these uh you know, this Imperial Special Forces squad, uh, you know, goes from fighting with the remnants of the Empire to joining up with the First Order. I'm like, this is going to be some cool stuff. Yeah, single player. I mean, we kind of knew it was coming, but to get an idea of what it's going to be and now knowing who we're going to play as and where it's set, I'm super excited for it. Yeah, I'm glad it's focusing on the Imperial side (laughs) over the Rebel Alliance side. It's going to be something different. And 
yeah, I was thinking about it too, where we now got three kind of elite squad of uh, Imperial forces. You got uh, the Death Troopers, obviously, which I still think are the coolest. And then you got Scar Squadron from the more recent Star Wars comics, which are a cool set of Stormtroopers who, you know, do do their job very well and have awesome uh, helmets. And now you got Inferno Squad, which my one nitpick about Inferno Squad, I just wish their helmet design just wasn't, you know, a typical TIE fighter helmet with their insignia on there and a little more red. I wish they'd have their own unique look, but, you know, TIE fighter helmet's still cool, so it's not that big of a deal, but... They're not uh, unique? Yeah, exactly. I'm being funny. I'm being funny. <laughs> That's something more like a jab towards, like, The Force Awakens or something there, Paul. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, not... Hey, they at least had different uh, trooper designs completely, you know? Can't say, yeah. for their, can't say anything about their ship designs, but that's all I'm saying. No, but yeah... I love the idea that we're going to be a new elite Imperial uh, special ops forces. Like you said, Kyle's going to span between the battle of Endor. That's where you're going to start off of. And I just love that moment in the trailer where, you know, you see scout troopers and stormtroopers fighting rebels, but then Inferno squadron just jumps in the middle of a battle and just starts mowing down different rebel soldiers. And the stormtroopers are just looking kind of puzzled, like, Oh, like we weren't, aware that you were going to be here i think the leader says i think he says i'm like that's the point or something like that he says yeah, he says like oh we weren't expecting special forces and he goes that's the point sergeant yeah <laughs> which by the way do you guys follow that best of star wars memes page on facebook no i i think i think so is it about the guy peen uh i don't think so no they're if you're talking there's, about there's like their, their picture it's just like yoda um, oh, there's a, there's a picture of like there's a trooper looks like he's peeing the scout trooper like he's like looking down at his gun like but he's just in the background but he looks like he's taking a piss. Oh, I I might know what you're talking about, but anyway, no this this page which which by the way, if you guys like you know memes and internet humor and stuff, you should follow this page on Facebook. It's best of Star Wars memes. They post a All bunch right, of hilarious stuff going now, but um they I think they posted one and it was like. Uh, you know, it was just these screenshots from the trailer and the guys like, we weren't expecting special forces. And the um, Inferno Squadron guy's like, yeah, well, if you guys could hold your own a bunch against a, against a bunch of freaking teddy bears, maybe we could be off somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that should actually be a line in the game. <laughs> it's, it's, that is pretty good. That is pretty good. No, but cool thing about the single player that I wasn't expecting and that it got revealed during the panel was, you know, we're not just going to be playing as Inferno Squadron, but they confirmed you're going to be playing hero villain characters. They said Luke and Kylo Ren will be player, playable in the single player campaign. I just made me think, oh, how are they going to work that in? Is it, you know, going to be for just one level each where the story dictates you got to be Luke Skywalker now and Kylo Ren? Is it going to be where you're members of Infernal Squadron at the start of that level or that story section? But then once you meet Luke, you take over as being Luke and you have to defeat Infernal Squadron, <laughs> the person you were just playing as. So it just makes me wonder how they're all going to work that in or maybe it's going to be you know it's certain campaigns have you can play the campaign through through one perspective and then you can play it over again from a different perspective you'll be doing kind of the same maps and levels but you'll do, be doing it from the other side so part of me wonder if it's going to be a little something like that but it's cool that you know luke and kylo and hopefully other characters are going to be in the single player campaign because we got just quick shots of them but Especially for Luke, since Kylo Ren wasn't in the first Battlefront, but you could just tell the jump in his character model how much better in detail he looks. So it's mm -hmm. it's going to be awesome the single player campaign. I mean, the set pieces that 
you know, we can possibly get if, you know, we've seen stuff from the Battlefield games that DICE has done. You just take that awesome, like, action set pieces, but you just put it in the Star Wars setting. It's going to be so cool. And we even got a few glimpses of it in the trailer where you see, like, those X-Wings falling out of a, you know, Rebel cruiser in the from the hangar that is falling down into space. The stuff like that, it's going to be so cool to see in a Battlefront game. So I'm super excited about the single-player single, camp, single campaign and what it actually entails now and knowing it. It just got me more pumped for it. So mm-hmm. I can't wait. The only thing I can hope for is if it has co-op play on it. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed or not, if it's just going to be strictly a single-player campaign, but co-op would be awesome. Well, they have confirmed that split-screen co-op will be in the game. I haven't seen if they've specifically said that that applies to the campaign or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would imagine so, like rather than just the, the skirmish modes that they've got now or whatever where you can you know just play like walker assault with a friend on the same tv like it would be cool if you could still do that in this one too but um yeah doing co-op in the campaign i think would be awesome and it would make sense since you're playing as a squadron obviously exactly um yeah. and you know it's pretty cool that like we've got the main character here is uh, Iden versio um there's gonna be a new planet which i forget is i forget what they said is the name of it um but it's this imperial aligned world that um where her father i think was like the governor of the planet or something and and brought them into the empire willingly um and so you know they talked about how it's going to be sort of this new perspective that we haven't really seen before cuz you see a lot of worlds in star wars like um you know, whether it's Tatooine or Endor or even like Lothal on Star Wars Rebels where there are imperial occupations and you see sort of their oppressive nature and where, you know, people don't really like having them around. But this is going to show us like what it's like on a world that's part of the Empire and they're fully supportive of that and they're happy being part of the Empire and they actually have peace because of it. Um, and sort of see this more sort of sympathetic take, I guess, on Imperial characters and see, like, you know, when you see the Death Star get blown up and the Emperor and Darth Vader get killed, like, what does that do to your your morale and your resolve? And, like, where do you go from there? Um, so I think that's going to be a pretty interesting direction to go and, uh, you know, see uh, how these characters react to that and, you know, where the story goes from there. I have to say that, I think the trailer being leaked out a couple of days before kind of ruined the the panel for me a little bit. Um, it, I, I just didn't know. I kind of didn't know. I had a little bit of already what to expect. And um, I have to say that, uh, you know, it, I, I, I just for some reason, I wasn't as excited as I wanted to be leaving the panel. I, I was excited. But... You know, I never really, I'm not a big gamer, so like the single player campaign was never something that I had to have, you know, but I'm excited about it. Um, it's interesting because I actually love the idea of the book from, it's coming out in July more than I like kind of where they're going to go with the story. Cause the story, I'm a little confused where, where you know, it's going to take place over 30 years and that's going to be kind of interesting. It's good. That to me is either, it's going to go two ways going to be really amazing or just not very good at all because i think that it's going to be i i like kind of being one character instead of being multiple characters all the time that's just me this is is not and i'm not a gamer so um well i think aiden is still going to be the main character all the way through well right but you but you take control over luke skywalker at some point oh yeah now yeah i don't know how that all is going to work out but and and then you turn into kylo ren and so i'm a little like 
I know. Um, you Aiden don't want to like, play with that mask on. I, I do, but I mean, like, but for those, for me, like, I, it takes me a while to learn controls. So it's like, I don't know. I don't want to have to like fighter squadron. <clears throat> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I was gonna bring this up when we when we were we were talking about the 40th anniversary piano, and you said that Star Wars fans just love Hayden Christensen, and I don't know if you can say that's a hundred percent true for all of them. But the way I look at it, because I'll admit, like, yeah, I make fun of him a lot and like some of the, the bad dialogue that Anakin has, like in episodes two and three and stuff. But at the same time, like, I've never outright hated the guy. And like, yeah, I do like his performance, especially in episode three. I think he's really good. And the way I think of it is like almost like a, a brother or a sibling or something where you make fun of him at, all the time. But at the end of the day, like, it's just kind of good natured, like poking fun. And, you know, you really do love them and appreciate them. And I mean, I say this just with Star Wars all the time too i think if you really love something you have to be able to appreciate the flaws in it um like i obviously don't hate the prequels like some people do like i love all of star wars i love the the original trilogy the prequels the clone wars rebels all of that stuff but you know i i will also admit the flaws i'm not one of those people that thinks that's that everything's perfect either i'm like yeah the prequels have some bad acting and and some writing and storytelling that could have been done better but like you know, I still love it because it's Star Wars and I just kind of take all of it for what it is. And when I make fun of, uh, you know, of Hayden Christensen, I'm like, you know, it's it's like when you make fun of a, a friend or a brother and you like relentlessly tease them. But, you know, you, you don't really mean anything negative by it. And then I just thought of when we like give you crap in Battlefront all the time for, you know, bailing out on us on fighter squadron games and stuff like that. Well, I don't bail out. I'm still in the party. I just play extraction for hour. That's that's play. bailing out. No, it's not. I'm not going Dude, anywhere. Okay, okay. He's Think so of this: dark. if we were actually in Star Wars, right? We're in. We're all in our ships, getting ready to engage the enemy forces in a space battle, and you hop in a shuttle, and you're like, "BRB guys, gonna go extract some supplies from the planet's surface. You guys go get them." <laughs> well. Uh yeah, yeah okay fair enough, <laughs> uh, but but so but anyway I back to the the battlefront thing um the, I actually love the book premise of, of them going after uh, Sagrera's crew so um I kind of wish we were doing something like that like I think that'd be really cool to do um one of the things. I, I did get really excited about, obviously, we'll talk about this on, in a little bit, too, is we get different eras. We get Clone Wars. Oh, sure. Just oh, jump yes. right ahead of where we were at. Right. Now, 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 hold, on, now, hold on a second. The reason why I'm excited is because that you have it, – it's bringing back the classes, like, from the old school uh, Battlefront. So it's not, not like anyone can just, you know – this change their gun willy nilly and then and you know and like they're a sniper and you know whatever I, I like the idea of like getting people's like you know uniforms lined up to what they are so i don't know i kind of like that idea a lot more than, than than the new way they've done it for battlefront so i'm really excited about that i like the idea of having different classes for like the old school game so i'm really excited about that um so yeah, I, I know you guys are, are 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 more. You guys are really jonesing for that Clone Wars content. Did you guys lose your damn minds when you saw that? Oh man, jeez. <laughs> well, first off, I should say when that teaser leaked a few days before, and they even had it in the full trailer, of course. But more than anything that was shown in the trailer, the words "all eras" is what got me so pumped for that. I was like, 
yes and then of course they show Darth Maul and they show Yoda like oh that's awesome but then it got me super excited but then Kyle kind of had to keep me in check a little bit <laughs> texting you know yeah they're showing it but uh, you know it just might be content for a new heroes versus villains mode they that didn't necessarily say you know all eras is going to encompass all of the multiplayer modes where you can have clone troopers battle droids and all that stuff he's like yeah you're right they could still you know kind of do it haphazardly where they'll say all errors but usually but it might just be for one mode that's going to have all errors so i was in the back of my mind going into that panel i was worried that that's all we're going to get on the all errors front just what they showed on the trailer and i even tweeted this out before it started i was like if we just get one hint of a clone trooper or clone troopers being in this game this panel will be a success then the panel's going along you see a model of a battle droid, which leads you to believe, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. the battle droid is going to be clone troopers. But then, boom, they have concept art of clone troopers fighting on Kamino, and that's where I lost it. <laughs> they were like, oh, like, yes, this is what I was hoping for from this panel, from this game. It's that to say it got me excited would be an understatement. I kind of agree with what you were saying, Kyle, at the beginning, where this panel probably got me the most excited out of all of them. And again, I don't want it to sound like, oh, Battlefront 2 was more excited for that than The Last Jedi, or The Last Jedi doesn't, you know, it's not at the top of my list, because it still is. That thing's going to top a new Star Wars movie, especially what we're hoping and expecting to see in The Last Jedi, and all the awesome stuff it looks like it's going to have. So, I don't want to make it sound like that, but like you said, we pretty much all knew we were getting The Last Jedi trailer. We didn't know what we were going to see in it, but we knew it was coming. I wasn't, didn't know for sure all the stuff I was hoping for in Battlefront 2 we were going to get. But it really checked off all the boxes that I was hoping it would when they announced the sequel. Single player, all eras, clone troopers, battle droids, it's all that good stuff. New, like Even the ships in that concept art. You saw Slave 1 chasing a Jedi starfighter on Kamino. The prequel yeah. era planets is another big deal. Oh, it's so cool to finally be able to play those levels, those awesome clone trooper armors in this current generation of console graphics and how amazing it's gonna look because oh, it's gonna be so so sweet so yeah i'm right there with you kyle this panel really delivered on my excitement for battlefront 2 and what i was hoping it would give us and man november can't get here soon enough no it cannot i mean yeah like you, you pretty much hit on all the main points right there but um i mean i do kind of agree with you paul like i wish the teaser hadn't leaked before because even though i'm glad that that wasn't the full trailer that we got to see more of it like the trailer itself didn't get me as excited as it could have if I hadn't known what was coming yeah. ahead of time. Um, and especially the fact that, yeah, like you said, when we saw the teaser, it says all eras and you see that, you know, you see Darth Maul and then you just see like Yoda's lightsaber fly into his hand. And I was like, okay, cool, but let's keep our expectations in check. We haven't seen any clone troopers. We haven't seen any prequel planets aside from, you know, they're obviously in like the generator room on feed. And I was like, this could just be them including, you know, prequel era heroes in here somehow. Um, I think I was just, I didn't want to get my expectations set too high because I didn't know like how big they could go with this game. I'm like, after the first Battlefront, which again, not that I'm knocking on the first one, like I obviously love it. We still have a blast playing it like every now and then, like we, you know, obviously don't play together as much as we used to when it first came out. But, um, you know, I love that game. But 
just the fact that, you know, when it first came out, there was only one era. There were only four planets, you know. Now, people are saying, like, oh, it only had four maps. And like, no, there were more than four maps. They were just only in, you know, four basic environments, like, on four planets. Um, and I was like, okay, so we know that there are going to be multiple eras in this game. But, and this is, like, before I saw the teaser. I was only expecting classic trilogy and sequel trilogy and tim i know you kept saying like oh man i really hope they get clone wars in there and i'm like if they do like more power to them but i'm just not getting my hopes up for it um but then you know the teaser drops it says all eras i'm like okay so there's gonna be content from all eras in there that still doesn't mean we'll get to have a massive battle on geonosis so i'm still keeping my expectations in check um, and then, of course, you know, at the panel, we see the full trailer and it's still only got that same brief glimpse of, of prequel stuff. And even with the um, the sequel trilogy stuff, which we also didn't see much of in the trailer, but like you see Rey and you can clearly see that there are like troopers fighting in the background behind her. And then you see Kylo Ren like cut down a couple of resistance guys. So it's like, OK, so at least there we know like there will be. Um, you know, bigger battles or, like, more troops in that era. Plus, you also see the shot of, like, the TIE fighter crashing on Starkiller base and stuff like that. Um, so then my big question going into the panel was, is there going to be more prequel content? And like you said, when they showed that model of the battle droid and then when they showed the concept art of clone troopers, like, with jetpacks flying out of gunships on Kamino, I was like, this is heaven. Like, <laughs> it's not even a real screenshot. Uh you know, it's not in-game footage, anything like that. It's just concept art. But, you know, the fact that they're showing concept art at the panel, I'm like, I am taking this as confirmation that we will get to play this in the game. And this is how my skepticism dies with thunderous applause. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, it just, yeah, I, I was just so happy with that. But, of course, then something else that they talked about, too, I'm like, well, the reason they're able to get all this content in there is they have, like, three different studios working on this game. Um, And I think we knew that there were, like, at least two, or we've maybe heard stuff about all three of these different studios at at various points before. Um, But, like, I guess I didn't realize sort of that all three of them were working, you know, in tandem and sort of on the various elements. So DICE is working on just, like, the main multiplayer aspect of the game like they were last time. Um, and then they've got uh, Criterion, I think, or no, so Motive is the, the studio that's working f- just solely on the single player campaign. Um, and then Criterion, who they've done a lot of like racing games, like they do the burnout games and stuff. So they're working on, I think, the vehicle combat and specifically the space battles. Because um, also, and I guess this doesn't seem like such a big deal now that we've gotten a couple of um, space battle maps through DLC for the first Battlefront with like um, the, uh, you know, the Death Star DLC and then the Battle of Scarif. Um, but when, yeah, when that game first came out, I mean, that was kind of one thing that I was disappointed with, like having loved playing the space battles in the original Battlefront 2 way back in the day, um, you know, that there were no no space battles in here um so now to know that that's going to be like a big part of of this battlefront 2 um has me really excited which actually kind of makes sense now if you think about it because the original star wars battlefront man they need to name these differently because it's going to get so confusing having two battlefronts and two battlefront twos totally, but yeah. <laughs> the the um you know star wars battlefront on the xbox and the ps2 back in the day like in 2004 that one was all ground-based and you could have 
you know, you had X-Wings and stuff that you could fly above planets, but there were no space battles. And that was a big draw of Battlefront 2 the first um, <laughs> was them <laughs> finally adding space battles. And there's so, you know, it's, it's cool that we're going to get that in this one as well. Um, man, just can't wait to see like, you know, more footage of this, more just stuff that we're going to get to do. Like, I cannot wait for E3 this year because I just hope we get all the gameplay footage. Like, I want more. Oh, conf- totally. I want more confirmed planets. I want to see Arc 170s. I want to see, you know, Republic gunships. Uh, you know, I, I want to see, like, gosh, Paul's distracting us by sending us <laughs> memes from that Best of Star Wars memes page in the in the. <laughs> Skype chat so now, good. and <laughs> I know that one is good. But I'm the one who told you about this page. I've seen all these before, <laughs> especially because all the good ones. Like if I miss them, my sister will tag me in them because I turned her onto this page a while ago, and now we're always like tagging each other in Star Wars memes. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, just you know, now knowing that we've got three studios working on it, like I'm. Maybe still trying not to get my expectations up too high because it's like, how much content can they really jam in here? Like, I'm I'm not expecting the same number of maps and planets that we had in the original Battlefront 2 back in the day. But at the same time, knowing that it's going to be content across three eras, I'm like, well, you got to have more than, like, just a couple planets for each era, right? Um, I'm hoping for at least three planets per era. I mean, Me too. That would I, be good. I would be totally happy with that. Um, and you know, if they can do four per era, even more power to them. But this is a case where I can't wait to see what they do with the DLC for this game. Like, and we already know they're not doing a season pass like they did with the first Battlefront. Um, which is nice that, you know, they're not like trying to force people into buying it or whatever. And they've said like, they don't want to segment the, the community and that, you know, everybody can like just play the same stuff together. Um, which I love that they're taking that approach and, when the game ships with a lot of content to begin with and the DLC feels like just more cool stuff that they're adding on afterwards and not like stuff that should have shipped with the original game in the first place, I am more than happy to pay for it. Um, of course, I, I say that like I'm complaining or something. I bought the season pass for the first Battlefront anyways, and you know <laughs> I, I've loved all the extra content they've added through there. But, you know, again, I wouldn't argue that like it would have been nice if they had you know, Bespin and the Death Star and stuff like that included in the original game to begin with. But now that we've got all these eras that we're starting out with, I'm like, man, just just thinking of like the Clone Wars content that we could get through add-ons has me excited. Like, you know, Umbara and Christophsis and, you know, all those possible maps. Um, and given sort of the, the current population of the fan base and you know knowing what people like and what's popular on social media and stuff i would be shocked i would be surprised if ahsoka doesn't make it into the game as a playable hero right off the bat but even if she doesn't like you know that's going to be one of the first things released through dlc um and i just can't wait to see like all the different ways they can expand on this um and and it's almost like if they wanted to i mean you know they want to get a sequel out for battle for it's really successful but you know the the life cycle this game can have just by starting off with all three eras and the possible DLCs you can just add on to it. You can maybe go a few years without necessarily having a true sequel if they wanted to. I'm sure they won't, but yeah, I mean, if they, the foundation's laid for all for this game to have all three eras and like you said, just con- continuing it with the DLCs throughout the months. I mean, the con- possibilities are endless, really, for how much stuff we could possibly get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, because 
yeah, like you said, once you've got all three errors in the game, I mean, obviously we'll have episode nine content coming later down the road. But aside from that, it's like, how many times can you keep remaking games and just, you know, rehashing the same old planets and the same old content? It's like, we just want more new stuff. But once you've got it all in there, like, yeah, no need to make a sequel and just remake it. Um, I mean, obviously they did a, just such a great job with like the environments and the graphics in the first game. I'm like, I'm already wondering like, okay, how are they going to do like Endor and Hoth in this game? Like it's already been there, done that, but you don't want to recycle the same maps and be like, oh, I could just pop in the old game if I wanted to play this. Um, now you can ride Tauntauns on Hoth. <laughs> that is true. And that gets me wondering if it might be more like the original Battlefront games where you've just got ge like vehicles sitting around the environment that you can like pick up or like mm -hmm. jump on. I don't know about like walkers and stuff. Um, but at least, you know, with like tauntauns, I don't want to pick up a power up and then suddenly be on a tauntaun. Like I want to find one of those and hop on it. Yeah. Um, which you can do with speeder bikes in the current Battlefront games. So, you know, hopefully there'll be something to that. Um, but yeah, man, just I I cannot wait for this, and the the possibilities are going to be endless, um, as far as just like content that we could see in here now, content they could add on in the future, um, and yeah, I mean stuff that we also already talked about, you know, as far as them like going back to classes and stuff. Honestly, like that wasn't one thing that got me super excited, just because I do kind of like the customization that you have in the current Battlefront game, where it's like, you know, you just pick your weapons and your power-ups and, you know, kind of just play how you want to play. Um, but obviously, I'm also very used to, you know, playing the classes from the original Battlefront. So, like, I'm not complaining necessarily. Like, it'll be interesting to see um, how that changes the gameplay from what we're used to in this game when we go into the sequel. So... Um, but, you know, I trust that they're going to make it fun. Um, I mean, that's the one thing that I that I wasn't concerned about going into this. I'm like, it's still going to look great visually and it's still going to be a lot of fun to play. It's just a matter of how much content can they get in there. And this panel answered that question with a lot. So, uh, you know, I just came away going, well, can't wait to play this now. Uh, totally. I mean, like I said, we've only seen concept art and little pieces of what the multiplayer is going to be i can't imagine what it's going to be like to see that in actual gameplay footage like you said hopefully at e3 which i think is a pretty good bet i mean uh, it's gonna be so cool i just can't wait for the moment where all three of us are playing together and we start a map and we're all clone troopers i mean that's gonna be so so sweet so <laughs> i've been waiting for it since the first battlefront came out and i just you, can't wait do you think you'll be able to play different eras in the with 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 like the first order and the clone troopers and, and and do that kind of thing or will it stay air you know um accurate like so you can only play clone wars in the clone war era you can only play stormtroopers in the the ot era and only the, the first order people in the first order era that kind of stuff yeah i hope it sticks to just like what's canon um, especially cause they use that BS excuse in the first game that, oh, we're not including <laughs> multiple eras cause, uh, you know, the canon says you can only have one era in the same game. Like it wouldn't be canon to have clone troopers and stormtroopers in the same game. Like, don't give me that crap, but it wouldn't be <laughs> canon to have them in the same map. That would be a little weird. So, um, I mean, I'm not one of those people that likes to just like have, you know, sandbox games where you can do whatever, you know, I've never really had a fantasy of like playing as uh you know darth maul or kylo ren and 
cutting down or like Darth Vader or Kylo Ren and cutting down like clone troopers or battle droids or something. Um, I'm like, I'm fine just playing as clones and shooting the droids or playing as rebels and shooting the stormtroopers. Like, um, you know, I, I kind of hope it sticks to that. If there is some kind of fun mode where you can mix it up, like that would be fine too. I'm probably not going to spend a lot of time in there, but I'm also not going to complain that like, oh, they're ruining the continuity because obviously it's going to be something that's just like, you know, a fun gameplay option. But um, that's kind of what I'm thinking where cause the second Battlefront had that where it's like this one big hero versus villain match where you had all the heroes fighting against each other. I have a feeling they might do something like that with their current hero versus villain mode where you could pick any character you want from any era and just have them go at it. And that's mm-hmm. what kind of be like their one break from canon type mode. And but, actually, yeah, that I wouldn't mind. If it's in a hero's mode, like, yeah, let me let me have Darth Maul go up against, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker or something like that. Um, that'll that I think that would be a lot of fun to play um, if it's in just like a heroes versus villains mode. Um but speaking yeah. of the classes again, I mean, I know, like you said, it was in the old Battlefront games. I'm kind of split on it because it was cool in the first Battlefront games. I did like what they did in this one, too, where, you know, you can have any what the options they had for how your trooper looks and your character. But yet you can give them the weapons and the different you know star cards that you wanted to apply to them without affecting their look. And it looks like that's going to be a little different with this one. So I'm kind of split on that because I think it'd be good both ways and. I don't know, but did you guys happen to think of what class you're going to choose right away? Because <laughs> I'm guessing when we all play together, it would be good to, you know, each have different classes to hopefully make the squad better. But Kyle's a sniper. Thought, I thought the same thing, Paul. I'm personally me. I'm going to be the regular average Joe soldier. I don't. I it takes me forever to learn anything. Okay, and the only way I'm going to uh do well is if I stick to one class, which will probably end up being the basic soldier. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards that too, but then again, it's like what class has the coolest what when we're playing clone clone wars era, what clone trooper looks the coolest for what class? <laughs> that might draw <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. True. I mean obviously I do like doing the sniping in this game but it depends it always depends on the map and like what mode we're doing because lately i've just been playing the rogue one stuff a lot um and also you know even some of like the death star stuff where you're just running around the death star hallways and i've been playing a lot lately with just like the regular uh you know standard guy with like you know i'll play as a rebel and use the that ac 280 whatever the kind of the standard rebel blaster or the e11 for the stormtroopers um so kind of my first thought is like i would kind of just start off with the main infantry guy and then um you know i'm sure you can probably like change classes when you die and respawn and so kind of maybe switch to whatever is called for in a certain situation um and yeah, if it's a big, long, wide open map where you can see people coming from a ways away, like on some of the big turning point maps and stuff that we've done, then yeah, I'm going to pick a sniper. Um, but also in the original, in in Battlefront 2, the first, I'm just going to start calling it that. Um, <laughs> Battlefront 2, first of its name. Um, you can't even say on Xbox One because I know Xbox is called Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they did that to purposely mess with us. Um, but I always liked playing as the heavy troopers and just like 
blowing people up with the rocket launcher and laying mines and waiting to see how many people would run over them and, you know, fall into my trap. And it took absolutely no skill of, like, aiming or precision, but it was just a game of, like, blow up as many enemies as possible and try not to blow up yourself. Um, and if they bring that class back... Um, you know, especially with, with some of the um, Clone Wars era, like troopers and vehicles and stuff, and on some of those maps, because um, I always loved being like the clone heavy trooper and laying mines for the AATs to run over and blow up. Like, if if we get to do some of that stuff again, I might end up going that route again, too. Excuse me. I mean, I'm just thinking about it. Just the possibilities of so much different variety and fun we're going to have this game playing. It's going to be hard to pick. Well, that's the thing. Is it going to be you know, when regarding eras, you pick what era you want to do first and then you do all the different modes in that one era or would it switch automatically where, like, let's say we're doing Blast and then it will just go to, from planet to planet like it does now and then it'll just switch you to, you know, clone troopers and battle droids at first order versus resistance or you have to pick that specific era first and then you choose what other modes you want to do once you're in that era. It's going to be interesting to see how they have it all worked out, but Man, it's going to be. I have a feeling it's going to be hard for us to decide more so than it does now for what modes and stuff we want to do. Now we got to decide what eras we want to do if they give us the option. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's going to be so much stuff to choose from, which is just so awesome. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And like, that's one thing they didn't really talk about in the panel, but that I'm hoping they do differently in this game is just sort of the matchmaking and the way that um, that like the maps and the modes are selected. Um, cause as, I mean, as much fun as we have playing some of these modes right now, I don't always like just picking, um, you know, you pick Walker Assault and then it just cycles through a whole bunch of Walker Assault maps. Um, or, you know, you, you pick, um, like the Scarif DLC and it, it runs through everything in there. Like for the DLC packs, it's not that bad, but like, I wish just for the original game, there was you know, that it had more sort of creative, I don't know, playlists, I guess, um, however you want to call it, where, you know, it can just kind of cycle through, like, okay, now you're doing a, a blast, and now you're doing a walker assault, and, you know, just kind of give you some variety without you having to, like, back out and pick a different map every time. Yeah, that would be um, nice. You know, I haven't really gotten into a whole lot of other online shooters but like i've played a decent amount of like some of the other halo games before and i know with those like you know they've got different playlists where it'll pick you know it's like game modes for uh you know four to eight players and game modes for like eight to 16 players and then it'll just cycle through like you know a, a few different like obviously it changes maps every time but it'll also be different gameplay modes um and so hopefully they do something like that here um, but also I think, you know, just having different eras will, will kind of switch up that variety too. So like if you play, if you pick blast or Walker assault or turning point, like you do now, um, if it goes through and it's like switching maps every time, but then also switching arrows, that could be kind of cool too. I tell you this though, it's going to be hard whenever I get stuck with the separatists and we're battle droids. You have to, have to shoot down clone troopers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That might be the time where I have to. It won't out. be that bad. <laughs> Dude, oh, you know how in some of these games there's like, um, or some of these shooter games, um, like, I don't know if you guys have played like, you know, some of the Halo games where there's like the infection mode or whatever, where everybody's yeah. like playing as the same class, but then there's one person that's like a zombie that's out to get everybody else or something. Like, I want something like that with like 
in Order 66. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> like, where, where you're all on the Republic side, and one person's the Jedi, and everybody has to kill the Jedi. Or even something where maybe you're, like, fighting against a bunch of AI battle droids, and then the clones, like, receive Order 66 at some point, and then suddenly the Jedi becomes the enemy, but the Jedi doesn't know when they receive it, and you have to kind of, like, be on your toes and be like, oh, when are these guys going to start shooting at me? And they could go just, like, a whole another couple minutes, like, not shooting at you to like fake you out or something <laughs> like that dude that sounds awesome like yeah they just have a mode called order 66 <laughs> that would be really cool i'm also kind of hoping too there's a better survival mode on there because i love survival modes and shooters where it's not just a two-player co-op but four-player co-op at the least that would be really fun just to get you know three of us and someone else just to fight off waves and waves of whether it's battle droids rebels stormtroopers or whatnot that could be mm -hmm. really fun yeah, that could be really cool, too. And that could be, like, um, oh, gosh, who was it? Oh, like, uh, like I'm a gun die in Clone Wars, yeah, which yeah. is him and his clone trooper, <laughs> oh, like, no. fighting off waves of, of battle droids. <laughs> um, you just call that the I'm a gun die mode. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, that would make for such a fun uh you know, horde mode or whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, the, right. the multiplayer survival matches. Cause I mean, it's fun the way they have them in battlefront right now with like, you know, rebels versus the empire. But I think it is so much more fitting when you're like the last few clone troopers standing and there's just endless waves of battle droids coming at you. Cause yeah. like there's such easy cannon fodder, but there's so many of them. It just like makes perfect sense for a mode like that. And then, you know, you get to wave six and like droidicas start coming at you and suddenly it's like, Oh, this is hard now. Um, and then, you know, maybe like you get a power up where suddenly you can play as a Jedi and like turn the tide on them or something like that. <laughs> Man, look at us. We got all everything we wanted to be announced at the panel. And here we are all the speculating what the possibilities of more awesome stuff could be. Like, mm -hmm. Maybe we got to keep our, our expectations checked somewhat. So. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But, you gotta, but you know, there's got to be some kind of new game modes. Yeah, there, yeah, there has to be. Yeah, yeah. It, and it feels like it's just such a good feeling to come out of a Battlefront panel and go, oh, I wonder if there's going to be this or I hope they have this rather than, man, that looks cool, but I wish they had this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there was anything on my wish list already that wasn't checked off during this panel. Yeah, exactly. Aside from, like, gameplay footage of Clone Wars battles, but, again, that's why I'm excited for E3. Here we are creating new wish lists for, you know, what to have in E3. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Um, all right. Are we done? Are we done geeking out about Battlefront? <laughs> I think so, man. <laughs> Paul's quiet over there. He's like, you nerds, as if he's not <laughs> yeah. the one who plays the most Battlefront out of the three of us. Well, I know, no, really. <laughs> I told you guys, I am, you know, I liked what I saw in the trailers, but it was just, you know, I'm, I'm just... It, it didn't give me enough, you know, gameplay and enough scoop of, to really get, like, how, you know, invested I want to get into this. I'm excited, but I'm not, like, I want to wait. Temper my enthusiasm. Okay. It, it clearly <laughs> is tempered, but it's okay because Tim and I <laughs> oh, have... <laughs> plus, well, but by the way, and for the record, I'm also very tired. I get up at, like, 5.30 in the morning, you know? Oh, my so, sympathies. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And this just made me think of like the Clone Wars movie where Ahsoka's like, you've got the experience. I'm the one with enthusiasm. I'm like, that's me and Tim right now. 
I mean, yeah, I, it's like I said, like there, it's. I'm just. I want E3 is going to show me a lot, to be honest. So. Yeah. And I mean, admittedly, yeah, like this didn't show us a whole lot. We didn't see gameplay footage, obviously, um, but it was more just the information and like them, you know, delivering on, on certain promises. And obviously, as you can tell from me and Tim's excitement, like more the confirmation of the Clone Wars stuff than anything else. Um, yeah. You know, seeing that that first shot of the clones on Kamino, but then, yeah, also, like you mentioned, Tim, the slave one chasing the Jedi starfighter. I'm just like, oh, this is going to be glorious. Yeah, so expect more of this once E3 hits. <laughs> Probably oh, even more yes. so. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, we kept talking about doing this when the first Battlefront came out, and we never did, so maybe we'll have to do this for Battlefront 2, is just, like, record an episode sometime, like, as we're playing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Like, we have to do and, that. And I don't know if that would work, like... You know, I don't uh, know. I it it, it, it might end up we... just being two hours of, like us talking about hey get that guy and get that objective and and you know paul swearing because his ship got shot down and all that kind of stuff but like <laughs> and giving up right away <laughs> right um, we have plenty of other uh interesting star wars discussions after playing battlefront 2 that's for darcher sure. yeah but it'll be no nah, it'll be fun we should try that sometime I mean, heck, if, uh, you know, Rebels can get away with having AP5 singing for one of their episodes, we can get away with doing <laughs> Battlefront commentary for one of our episodes, even if it ends up not being that great. It'll, it'll be entertaining. If you want. <laughs> yes, that's true. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, until whenever we get more info on that, most likely E3, I think that's, that's going to be... Uh, all we've got to geek out about for now on that battlefront. Haha, <laughs> see what boy, I did. Boy, it was plenty. <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, this was just, you know, probably the thing that got me the most excited from E3, not just because of like the trailer or, or the hype or, or whatever, but like just in terms of them actually giving us details on stuff. Um, Cause that's the other thing too. Like the last Jedi panel, it was obviously just people being secretive and, giving what little information they could and just talking about, you know, what it's like to work on Star Wars and be a part of this amazing franchise and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I'm like, I love all that stuff, but that's just kind of what you expect from like a Star Wars movie panel where we're getting our first trailer. But with Battlefront, it was like, bam, right off the bat, here's the trailer. Here you go. Now let us tell you about the game. It's got this, it's got this, it's got this. And it was just like, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> they really came out swinging, and I say for me, they hit a home run with that panel. I would agree. It was um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I find your it was lack a great of way to disturbing. cap off the conversation. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a man who's not choking on his aspirations. No. <laughs> <laughs> You got it in there, Kyle. <laughs> yes, I did. You, did. You, you, you really did. The circle is now complete. <laughs> wow. Um, all right. Well, I think before we wrap up here, um, should we talk about our couple of actual news items that we mentioned at the beginning? I guess we could. Um, and, and Paul, I know you were so thrilled about this, too, that there's a new uh, yeah. Force for Change initiative. And actually, I mean, this is the same one that was announced um back before celebration actually i don't know if we even talked about this on our last episode that whole thing they did with like the good morning america 
where they were like, yeah, oh, we tune yeah. in for this huge announcement that's, you know, 40 oh, years God. in the making and it's groundbreaking. And it was another force for change initiative, yeah. <laughs> which and and obviously I don't want to sound like I'm like, you know, knocking these things or saying that it's bad or anything. I mean, I, I think it's awesome that they do these, you know, charity fundraising oh, initiatives and, you know, give Star Wars fans a chance to, uh, you know, to donate to a good cause and also to win some awesome star wars prizes but when it's the week before celebration and we're all getting hyped about trailers and stuff and they're like you're not gonna want to miss this i'm like eh, i i could miss that like in the grand <laughs> scheme of things when we're getting the last jedi trailer and the battlefront trailer and all that other stuff coming later this week like this is not like top of my list of things to get excited about but there is a new force for change initiative um that's going on right now that's called star wars past present and future um and it runs from now until uh, may 11th and they're awarding a different prize each week um and they're all kind of themed based on different eras of the saga um and so the past uh sort of the i guess the past prize is a stay at skywalker in which i don't know if that's part of skywalker ranch so it i guess it includes a tour of the archives at skywalker ranch um and a screening of star wars a new hope the present is join the cast and attend the star wars the last jedi premiere and the future is visit the set meet the directors and have a chance to appear in the untitled han solo movie and then there's one grand prize where one winner will get to do all three of those things um and you can um you know, visit omaze.com slash Star Wars for more updates on that and ways to, uh, you know, get entered in for a chance to win those prizes and, uh, you know, donate to the good causes and stuff that they're supporting there. Um, and there was a fun little video that they released, uh, I don't know, yesterday, or the day before or something of John Boyega um, kind of promoting this at Star Wars Celebration by doing like photo ops with fans and photo bombing them. Um, and there's some pretty funny reactions there. Like they're asking people, you know, oh, who would you want to meet? And what would you get to do if you met John Boyega? And then they like take a picture of the person and John Boyega is standing right over their shoulder and they don't know it. Um, so it was kind of fun to watch. Paul, yeah. I know you were just like absolutely thrilled about that, but uh, it was, it was just, it just was very, I'm not even getting into it. I sound like a negative nilly right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. Just seeing the reactions, like you said, for, people realizing John Boyega is there, like when they're doing these silly poses and John Boyega is doing the exact same thing behind them and they don't even realize it. And like the person taking the photos, all right, make it like you're doing a, a spin and then they do a spin and they're like, Oh, John Boyega's right there. <laughs> Little stuff like that. It was, it was all a good fun. And like, like you said, it's cool to have another force for change campaign and that it's, it's like, we're going to have one for every movie now, which is really cool. But this one with those three prizes, definitely the biggest one yet. So yeah, I'm, Congratulations to whoever wins that grand prize out there because that's going to be a Star Wars experience of a lifetime. Yeah, man, if I won the uh, the visit to the Han Solo set, you think they'd let me be Chewie in like one shot? <laughs> You'd definitely be a Wookiee of some kind. I know, right? Dude, yeah, when, like so. me and Jason and Carl, we uh, got a photo op with Mark Hamill and Ian McDermott at uh, Celebration Anaheim. And of course, as soon as we walk up to them, Mark Hamill looks at me and goes, wow, you're really tall. And I was like, yeah, call me if you ever need more Wookiees or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm still waiting for my phone to ring. So <laughs> I love I love that's like Mark Hamill's first impression was just basically it's, it shows you how normal he is. That's everyone's impression. Yeah, I was going to say that's everybody's first reaction. <laughs> that's everybody's First reaction, so it's just funny. Like that's how normal Mark Hamill is. He has the same impression of you when you walk in. Man, you're tall. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that was that was another good memory, and probably another reason why I'll never 
forget Celebration Anaheim. I've still got that framed picture sitting up on top of my desk. That's awesome. Um, and then speaking of future Star Wars movies, we recently, uh, actually just yesterday, I think, yeah, as of yeah. us recording this, um, got the uh, release dates announced for Star Wars Episode Nine and the next Indiana Jones movie. Um, but Star Wars Episode Nine is set for release on May 24th, 2019. Um, and then uh, just also included in this press release, like I said, uh, they announced that the next chapter of the Indiana Jones series with both Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford returning um, is set to release on July 10th, 2020. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, as far as Episode Nine, I'm like, if they want to move it up to summer, cool, but... I also remember, like, before The Force Awakens came out, Episode 8 was still scheduled to come out in summer of this year, and then they bumped it back to December after the massive amounts of money that The Force Awakens made during Christmas time, and so I'm like, I'm still not completely convinced that they won't end up doing that for Episode 9 as well. Um, just because, I mean, it kind of seems weird to not have all three movies in the trilogy kind of have the same release window, um, yeah. I don't know if you guys feel that way, but for me, just like, it, I mean, it felt kind of weird at first not having new Star Wars movies come out over the summer, but like now that it's kind of a thing now with them coming out around the holidays, I'm like, let's just keep doing that, at least for the rest of this trilogy. Um, yeah, like, I was surprised they put episode nine for May, too, just for the reason you just said, where, you know, we got the first two movies of this trilogy in December. Let's just finish finish it off with another December release. So was surprised that it wasn't. And but at the same time, I'm not going to complain that we're going to see the final chapter of this new trilogy a little earlier than expected and earlier in the year. So I'm good with it. It just felt a little strange. You know, it's not going to continue the pattern that the other two saga films did. But I don't know. I just got to say, it feels a little weird seeing that nine Roman numeral. I haven't gotten used to it yet. <laughs> just so used to, you know, for so long, like episode five with the V and then continuing on with six and seven and eight. And now we're getting this brand new roman numeral that looks a little strange for star wars is how crazy we're up to nine now and i even said this too in a tweet where you know it's crazy that we're at this point in the sequel trilogy now we now have the release date for episode nine where it just feels like yesterday was 2012 and we're just can't believe we're getting a new trilogy and man we can't wait for episode seven out oh, 2015 that seems such a long way from now and here we are knowing in that just two years we're going to be seeing episode nine. It's just crazy that we're at this point. Well, you know, I have to say, I'm actually glad that it's going back to summer. I never was a big fan of the Christmas time releases. It's, I mean, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's just hard for me to get in the Christmas spirit. I celebrate Christmas and you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me to get into Christmas because I've got star Wars on the brain and um, it's just kind of hard for me to focus and, and you know, kind of absorb what's going on around me because of, of Star Wars. And, um, you know, I, I actually really like the fact that Star Wars came out in the summer. You know, I remember all the prequel releases and even all the um, I'm not sure if the re-releases. No, the re-releases weren't in the summer. They were all like back to back to back. But like January, uh, February, March. Yeah, March. Mm -hmm. That's right. No, but like I remember all the all the prequel releases being in the summer. I love that. I remember watching um revenge of the sith so much in the summer was being like oh man and i remember being being warm outside and being like i'm going to the theater to cool down and watch star wars and i love that and it's just weird to like when i go to the theater it's all like rainy and gross I and mean, that's more more people like to go to the movies at that at that point i guess but you know i don't know i just like 
it's just nice. I just like the fact it's going back to summer. I, but we don't know if it's going to stay that way either. I mean, the last Jedi was supposed to stay in during, you know, go stay in May, but they didn't yeah. didn't last. But it certainly looks like Han Solo is headed that way, mm-hmm. and they may want to keep that because of Han Solo. Who knows? I don't know. So maybe they don't they don't want to have a year gap between uh, films. You know, more than a year gap. Mm-hmm. So. They want to keep it that way. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense either way. But I I wouldn't be surprised if they moved that back out to December. But the way, but the one thing you got to you know don't underestimate the fact that all these studios are now are putting their their flagpoles in uh you know in December during that time. So maybe and granted, Star Wars it's a force of nature. It's it'll you know they could they could move it to December and everyone could you know scamper back somewhere else but at the same time you know you know you just, i don't know it's just, it's interesting i'm not sure what they're gonna do i hope they stay at may but i'm not holding my breath either yeah that's true and plus i forget what actual movies are coming out in december of that year because i know disney released like a bunch of movie release dates when they had this announcement too so they could have some movies already in december <laughs> Whether it's one of their animated movies, live action, I don't think there's a Marvel movie coming out in December, 2019. Am I right on that ball? I don't think there is. I, yeah, I don't, yeah. So yeah, depending on what other movies they have in that release window of the winter, I think would you know be a big indicator if Episode Nine would get moved or not. And of course, like you said, they could reshuffle these dates all they want. But I guess we'll, the big thing will be if Han Solo stays, which I think it will at this point, and to see how good that does. I wonder if it doesn't quite do as much as Rogue One did, if they might reconsider, you know, just making December the Star Wars month. But I don't know. I have a feeling it won't do that much worse, if, if not at all. So we'll just have to, I guess, wait to see how that does. But part of me always thought the reasoning behind the December release for The Last Jedi was because they saw how great uh, The Force Awakens did and now with Rogue One. I mean, it just kind of made sense for them to have that be the Star Wars release month now. But. Um, that's not going to be the case for right now. But like you said, Paul, summer always did feel like the Star Wars month, or at least May did. And I I got used to the December release pretty quickly, and I actually like mm-hmm. it in there. But there's just something that just feels like Star Wars when it's May. You, know, you got May the 4th, and like you said, Paul, living through the prequel releases during that month and knowing that's when the originals came out, May just does feel like Star Wars month. So yeah. I guess in a way it does make sense for the final one in this trilogy to come out when... You know, we'll see if we get an episode 10 or not. But if this is the last saga film, at least for the Skywalkers, have it come out, you know, when uh, the first one came out with uh, A New Hope in 1977. So I guess it has a, you know, kind of a full circle type thing if you want to look at it that way, too. Yeah. And, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I obviously was used to all the Star Wars movies coming out in May before. But like you said, Tim, I've gotten used to the December thing really quickly. And I actually kind of like that just for, like, the attention that they get. Because it's really kind of like the only really big blockbuster movie coming out around that time. Mm. Um, And it seems like every year, like, there might be, like, one big movie that comes out around the holidays. I mean, obviously, Avatar came out in December and broke all the box office records ever. Um, And part of that is just because, like, there's not much competition. And especially the movies that are really popular and keep playing past the holidays into, like, January and February. That's when, like, all the crappy movies come out that 
you know, don't make a ton of movie any or ton of money anyways. So like any big movies like Star Wars that are still playing then are still going to be, uh, you know, making money during that time as well. Um, and obviously like summer, you know, big summer blockbusters have always been a thing. And so like, you know, like when the prequels came out, like, yeah, there were other movies playing during those summers that they had to compete with, but it just seems like there's so much more saturation now with all these big franchises and stuff. It's like the prequels didn't have to compete against like the Avengers and the Justice League and Transformers and Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers. And I mean, not that all of those movies, uh, you know, have been like super popular or made a ton of money, but like a lot of them have. And it just seems like there's a lot more like big blockbuster franchises now. And like one comes out you know, one week during the summer and then the next week it's just on to the next thing. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe for me as a Star Wars fan, just wanting to see more people, you know, sort of drawn to it. And obviously the fans are always going to be there. Um, and, you know, like if it comes out during the summer and there's other movies playing that I want to go see, it doesn't mean I won't still go see Star Wars like five times. Um, but during the winter when like that's the big movie that everybody's always talking about, I mean, I guess kind of from like a, almost selfish perspective i'm like i i kind of like it being you know in that top spot like all through december yeah it's crazy though you say that just how we could be just three weeks away right now from the last jedi <laughs> it's oh crazy my to gosh think that. that's insane i remember thinking you know oh we got guardians of the galaxy volume 2 coming out at the beginning of may and then we're gonna get a star wars movie like two weeks later like how awesome is that gonna be but maybe we'll have to wait a little bit longer but i do know what you mean where like a two-week gap between two movies like that from the same studio is, you know, almost like shooting themselves in the foot in a way where if you have Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, coming out this week, it would make its money. But if you had a Star Wars movie coming out two weeks later, it might, you know, cut the length a little short for what that movie could have, the length it could have had if there wasn't a Star Wars movie right afterwards. So I think that was the reason why The Last Jedi got pushed to December 2. But for Episode 9, that's why I... I've, can't remember the actually full press release of all the release dates that they have. So I imagine even with episode nine and the Han Solo movie next year coming out in May, they're not going to surround it with, well, I stand correct because the Avengers Infinity War is coming out in May next year too. And then Han Solo movie is going to be a few weeks after that. So I guess my points for nothing. <laughs> they're still going to go on with that right now. So it's just interesting to see how it will do when you got movies from the same studio coming out pretty close to each other, see if it'll affect one or the other. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, we'll have to see when we get there. I mean, I think they're different enough. Like, I could understand them wanting to move Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy uh, further apart um, just because, like, you know, yeah, they're two, like, space sci-fi movies and obviously still different in tone. Like, Han Solo's not walking around with a Walkman and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, they're still similar enough that, like, you might want to space those two out, whereas you know, the Avengers is a little different, although I don't know, infinity war, they could end up being in space fighting Thanos or whatever. But, um, I don't know. Like we said, we'll have to get a little closer and wait and see if that release date actually sticks. But regardless, um, we have that date. <laughs> yep. And Hey, regardless of when it comes out, we've still got star Wars movies coming out every year. Um, and you know, I just want to ask you guys real quick too. Um, am I the only one that's like not really excited for another Indiana Jones movie? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm happy about it, but I'm not like ecstatic about it. Yeah, for me, it's like I'm gonna see it when it comes out, 
opening day, but at the same time, I'm not going to be chomping at the bit for like I am a new Star Wars movie. But it's going to be cool to get uh, once it does come out. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those that they've just been talking about for so long that now it's like, okay, we finally set the release date for 2020, and it's like, really, you're still doing this? <laughs> we kind of forget about it in a way, but again, it's one of those things too where I think it's cool we're getting a Star Wars movie and the Indiana Jones movie a year apart from each other, so... Never thought I'd see that day as well. Yeah. Well, once we got this announcement of a new and, Star Wars movie. And not to mention that even though it hasn't been announced yet, I would imagine that we're also going to get another standalone Star Wars movie in 2020 as well. Whether yeah, that be in yeah. May or December or whatever. And hopefully that's the Obi-Wan movie that everyone wants to see. Obi-Wan, Boba Fett, Siege of Mandalore... Knights of the Old Republic. The <laughs> list goes on. Yeah, you might be counting the 2030s. <laughs> yeah. Some of those movies, maybe. Yeah, but hey, I mean, that they very well could still be making Star Wars by then, too. Well, I hope they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyway, I think we've pretty much covered everything we've got to talk about. Um, but before we wrap up, Tim, did you have any... Uh, you know, intel from the social media channels that you wanted to, uh, you know, read out on here? Yeah, I got a, just a couple of responses for this one. Regarding... Transmissions, that's what I meant, not intel. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple from uh, for the Battlefront and uh, 40th anniversary panel. We got a response on Twitter from Joseph Golden at CCStar1138. It says, favorite moments from the 40th anniversary panel and Battlefront were John Williams and the prequel content coming in Battlefront 2. And then uh, Paolo Monroy at Paolo CODMW3 said, regarding Battlefront 2, finally, something the first one failed to give regarding the prequel content. Excited. And then uh, just a response from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Jeffrey Fishbach, who listened to our marathon episode, as he called it, (laughs) from uh, our first part of our celebration recap. Uh, Just wanted to say that regarding the hot callish hashtag that we brought out, he goes, well, Kyle... The women aren't the only ones that went crazy for Hot Callus. He's my new bro, man. So <laughs> Hot Callus oh, is just no. going to viral <laughs> well, everywhere amongst everyone. <laughs> he's he's your uh, he's he's Jeffrey's new bromance, but Paula, I've heard he's your new alter ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, apparently uh, Leland Chi came up to Justin when I was sitting down waiting for them to kind of figure stuff out. And then he kind of looked at me and looked at Justin and said, who's he supposed to be hot callus. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it was very nice. Leland, she's a very nice guy. Um, so now Justin calls me hot callus. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, it's cool. It's pretty cool. I guess. <laughs> so yeah, it's cool. So now you know, you guys got a, cosplay as the next celebration ball I, you know i actually want it if i could get the the uniform i would i would do it in a heartbeat you're gonna dude. go imperial callus though right oh for sure there you go <laughs> dude let's do it and tim you can be kanan and i'll be zeb ah there you go <laughs> oh man let's get let crazy my hair grow a little about a little bit get a little ponytail i don't know if i should go as the blind kanan though well, I'll, I just have to wear my contacts or any glasses, and I'll pretty much be blind Kanan. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But, yep, yeah, that was just a couple of responses for this one. But thank you guys, as always, for chiming in on your thoughts for the big stuff we got at Celebration. Not only this episode, but for the last one, too, because, man, there are just tons and tons of great stuff. And 
it was just fun to you know talk about it cover it as it was going on and just you know geek out about all this awesome star wars content we got over the last few weeks it's just really so cool that we're in this era now and just so much to geek out over mm-hmm. yeah definitely you know always love hearing you guys thoughts on it as well and being on here talking about it um and this seems so weird because we're about to wrap up and we had paul on for an episode talking about star wars celebration and we haven't gone three hours yet i'm like yeah what else can it's we almost in three here? hours that well i know right. but still it's, it's you know two and a half hours is nothing to sneeze at man <laughs> it is for us oh whatever <laughs> been whatever. there done that many times <laughs> <laughs> those are referred to as our shorter episodes <laughs> yeah. i see how it is <laughs> oh man well no anyway but uh you know obviously we love having you on here paul so thanks for joining us um you know glad to hear you had an awesome time at celebration and uh you know glad you could be here to share the experience with us and obviously we will uh, hopefully be there to share the experience with you in person for the next one. So I'm already looking forward to that. Um, and man, just like all the time we spent talking about it at the beginning of the episode and just talking about memories from celebration Anaheim and stuff yeah. like that. It's already got me looking forward to the next two years from now, even though they had to go just like drop a cliffhanger on us and, you know, See you at the next celebration, wherever it may be. Oh, come on. I know. That was pretty weak. That was pretty weak. Although, I mean, in their defense, like every celebration or, you know, well, I don't know. Because, like, I'm thinking for the past few, you know, they've had them every year. And at the end of it, they'll say when and where the next one's going to be. But then when I went to Celebration Orlando in 20, well, Celebration 6 in Orlando in 2012, I'm pretty sure that at the end of that one, they said that it was going to be in Anaheim in 2015. No, it was like, actually, it was Celebration Europe where they announced Celebration Anaheim in 2013. Oh, okay. So, yeah. okay, so I misremembered on that one, but still, it was two years prior. So, yeah, it's uh-huh. like, I'm sure they already know where the next one's going to be. But, um... You know, they're just not saying yet. But um, anyway, I mean, not that it makes a huge amount of difference right now because we've still got two years to prepare and save up for it and stuff. But I'm just like, I just want to know if it'll be back on the West Coast so I can definitely say I'm going. Yeah, it'll definitely get us yeah. more excited if we knew for sure. It was yeah, but it would be freaking awesome to, for the first time, have a celebration like right before a new movie is about to come out if they actually stick with this May release date for episode nine. Yeah. So that would be pretty exciting. I wonder what they'd give us in regards to like trailer or like actual like footage that, because I'm sure we got most of the trailers by then. Like what will they show us to get us even more hype for episode nine if it is around that same time? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends on when it is because obviously some celebrations in the past have been later in the summer. So it could even be after the movie comes out. But yeah, that's a good point. Point. they also yeah, could yeah, do yeah. it earlier in the year. Like maybe like if if the movies come out in May, maybe have celebration in March and just release like the final trailer for it. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. Yeah, or I mean, they could even do that in April, too, but usually it's like a couple months before. Um, But anyway, we will, uh, you know, I'm sure be back together whenever that's going to be. And hopefully I'll get together at some point before then, but you never know. Until then, we have Battlefront. So um, we have Battlefront, and in November we'll have Battlefront 2. Cannot wait for that. But uh, anyway, I think, uh, Tim, we got anything else we need to add before we wrap up here? Yep, I think that's about covers it. 
All right, cool. Well, let's go ahead and take us out. Uh, you know, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. You can follow us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. You can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. You can send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com. And our website is Star Wars TSC.com where you can find, uh, you know, all the latest news and announcements and uh, rumors and updates and all that kind of stuff that we're posting, um, as well as all the episodes as well. Um, but you probably don't need to know where to find the episodes if you're listening to this episode because you obviously already found this somehow um and uh you know thanks again to paul for joining us and jason on our last episode you know we've had a blast talking uh, celebration with you guys um and we'll see what new star wars stuff comes out these next couple of weeks uh you know and get back to doing our regularly scheduled stuff with uh news and rumors and all that fun stuff uh, so until then we will see you guys later and may the force be with you see you next time everybody